You don't sit behind a desk. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Wednesday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500 here on this hump day, right in the middle of the week here on Wednesday. It doesn't feel like that because, of course, you know, you were off Monday. Well, you were off last Friday. You're probably off last Thursday. Let's just be frank right here. This is probably your first day back to work. Uh, you're getting back into the swing of things. That's okay. You've earned it. You've earned that big vacay, right? After two and a half years of being under. Uh, come on, Eddie. Go easy on us here. That's what we need uh, from you. We need you to just be, you know, be easy on us. Don't forget, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and apping at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. And of course, uh, my good friend and uh, co broadcaster here. I don't know if that's a, even a word or something I just invented just now. I need out Musk fresh off of. Doggy uh, boy, that time with the kids and his kids, uh, his children. Uh, he had a, a good time, and finally that's over. And we'll we'll delve into that another time. We've got bigger issues uh, to deal with, unfortunately. I guess the city of Albuquerque is determined in the middle of the summer, and there's an election. And let me let me let me paint this out for you so that you understand what's going on here. The psychology of branding, the psychology of marketing, and the psychology of sort of taking you know you've got to take the win when you win you've got to win you got to win big and you got to also take credit for that because i'll tell you exactly here's where the republicans are getting it wrong again i'm going to help you guys out all you republicans out there earlier i was talking to a friend and in my conversation there's like i wonder if i have a friend who wants to run as a democrat because he can't seem to break through as a republican and uh, i was like well, that's a no-brainer. He is willing to go ahead and belie his his own party, not market and brand himself, and win a lot of people. We had Lonely Girl, uh, who made a stage appearance last night uh, here on the radio station. Yes, Dowd, totally unaware of that because uh, her phone call came into my radio station, so I gladly picked up and uh, listened. We'll get into those highlights maybe during our third hour so Dowd can listen once again because he's going to truly enjoy it. And I said my name, Eddie Aragon. I said, I was asking, like, I didn't lie about who I was. I don't care about my consequences. Or, oh, I'm really worried about what Melanie Stansbury and the Democrats are going to do to me. And I'll tell you how this all trans transcends into the conversation about homelessness and city council and everything else. If you're straddling the line, there is no worse time to do that. You must pick a side. And for those opportunists who are saying, oh, I've got friends on the other side of the aisle, you know, the, uh, well, what's her name? Kelly, I can't remember her name. Kelly, Alonzo Baldonado and Kelly, what's her name? Uh, Fajardo, Fajardo. Fajardo, Fajardo. You might as well say, I'm, I'm willing to reach the other side of the aisle. You know, uh, Rebecca Dow certainly, I think, meets this criteria, you know, uh, endorsing CRT or, whoa, no, she didn't do that. Don't you know I introduced a brand new bill? I'm like, oh, sorry, sweetheart. Look at the, the bill that you actually did introduce. Like, you literally voted for CRT in the state legislature. Let's, yep. let's call a spade a spade and we'll keep that there. I was nice enough during the primary. I don't need to be nice anymore because we're, we're, we're guns a blazing. I was, uh, you know, thinking that she might get through. She might have a future here in the party. And certainly, <clears throat> I guess people are already saying that she's going to run for state party chair. 
folks, if I want to go ahead and be state party chair, I can be state party chair. If I want to be your CD1 candidate, I could be your CD1 candidate. I could do anything, but I don't want any of that because I don't want to mess with these people. And the Republicans are so incredibly poor at marketing that they don't realize the opportunity that's in front of them. Okay. This is a chance to grow the party. And, and, and who is the Bernalillo County GOP featuring as part of its speaker series on crime? You got it. Sean Willoughby, who's a union president. Okay. Oh, well, Eddie Aragon's had him. We should go ahead and have him as a speaker to talk about crime. No, you shouldn't have him as a speaker. He's the president of a union. I ask him how his police are doing, his thoughts on crime, and then when he's opposite the end, I haven't had him on for some time. Okay? I'm not throwing Sean under the bus, but he's definitely not a Republican. Okay? That's important. Understand that. He is a union president. That's who the featured speaker is for BCGOP, along with Democrat Louis Sanchez. <laughs> yes, folks, Democrat Louis Sanchez. And so I talked to Dan Lewis, and I, I like Dan a whole bunch. Everybody knows I was really big behind him when he was running for mayor back in. Really helped him out in the campaign. Yeah. What's that? You really helped him out in the campaign. I remember, Eddie. Yeah, I did everything I could because I just didn't want Tim Keller and then... Apparently, I guess we wanted Tim Keller because, uh, remember, Manny Gonzalez was not behind Dan Lewis. Manny Gonzalez was <clears throat> celebrating with Tim Keller on the stage, and Manny is still your sheriff, and Timmy is still your mayor, and Trudy Jones and Brooke Besson are complete and total sellout. Okay? Now, now they're not. Oh, don't you know we're Republicans? We really care about our future in the city of Albuquerque. On the front page of the Albuquerque Journal today, it says... Look, look at this. Look look how brave the urinal is. Boy, it's, it's about to make its way to the uh, center stage of the uh, hallway bathrooms. It's <laughs> not going to stand. All right. So how do we get all of Eddie Aragon's points who ran for mayor, who is right on everything? By the way, I'm wearing my big shirt today, Dowd. You know, nothing like uh, losing, uh, shaking off 67 pounds and then jumping into a shirt that I'm literally swimming in. So I thought I would just go ahead and, you know, how do you like that? The, the loose look. I like it. I like loose, it. Yeah. Loose. Yeah. Loose, baby. I, I, I have some old parachute pants from the 80s. I'll, I'll bring them Ooh, over for you. I'll bring them over. <laughs> 30, I, got, I have a 36-inch waist now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, from from 41 to 36, baby. Huh? Losing inches. And Can't argue with success. We'll keep it there. We'll keep it there. All right. It's not going to stand. There was a big fat guy that ran for mayor as a Republican. Who's like, uh, you know. His name was Eddie Aragon. <laughs> He's no longer fat. Fat guy funny. Okay. So it says, city to revisit encampment strategy amid public criticism. Jessica Dyer. What do we know about Jessica Dyer? She's been sitting, she sat here in my office. She interviewed me, all that kind of stuff. What do we know? She loves Democrats. She loves Tim Keller. Okay. So they've got to wrestle their new strategy going forward and how they're going to approach. L listen to these quotes, Dow. This is hard charging. Uh, you could you could you could have won the Republican uh, uh, support if you would have said some of these things. Let's see. We know we need to get our ducks in a row. It is extremely dangerous for our officers, for our civilians, for the unsheltered, and for taxpayer funding because of the litigation to make rash decisions about how to handle the homeless park known as Coronado. But I want to make sure we can do the best job we can in terms of getting it right, not just creating a thousand other fires all around it. That is your mayor addressing Coronado. I believe he said last week that we are not going to redirect resources from our 911 calls to putting out encampments. Let me tell you how bad it is in the city of Albuquerque. 
And all of a sudden, in the middle of summer, you care about this. This is hilarious. I, I'm laughing my ass off. Um, you're counting the number of encampments that you've dispersed to try and get credit. That's what you're doing. You're coming up with big, fat, round numbers, like 1,800 felony arrests at your city of Albuquerque, uh, state of the city. They just had the state of the city. They acted like none of this happened. They went and talked to their woke friends at the dilapidated rail yards. And they said, oh, here's what. And you guys were all grossed out about me playing that. And they're like, well, that's your city. A week later, after I play this and I say, I'm going to remove Tim Keller from office. And the Republicans are like, well, you shouldn't try to remove Tim Keller from office. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because uh, you supported Manny Gonzalez and Tim Keller in the Republican Party. And you also support a guy by the name of Louis Sanchez. Here's what I know about Louis Sanchez. Not a Republican. Guess what else I also know about Louis Sanchez? He is the first person that Jessica Dyer and the media talk about every single time. You might as well have Louis Sanchez run for mayor because that is who. You know what he is? He is your next replacement for Manny Gonzalez. And you're going to forget all about the fact that he was a Democrat. You are. And I asked Dan Lewis point blank. I said, why isn't Louis registered as a Republican? And I am going to drag Louis Sanchez through the mud because you Republicans won't do it until I force them to either A, be a Republican, period, to be a Republican, because I know as a Democrat, he's probably pro-choice. Oh, no, he's not. What do we got? Oh, we're already running through this. I, I forgot I have automated brakes. Got to hit everything. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva on am kibabq.fm. Oh, yeah, little James Brown here. He went number two on the U.S. album chart this day in 1963 with Live at the Apollo, recorded on the night of October 24 at Brown's own expense. Yeah, he spent it out. The hardest working man in show business, 66 weeks on Billboard's album chart. And a little brown sugar there with uh, old Jimmy Brown, James Brown. Love that guy. 2003, the album was actually ranked number 24 on Rolling Stone Magazine's list of 500 greatest albums of all time. There it is, folks. See, you didn't know. Live at the Apollo. You got to take a listen to that. I no doubt has uh, probably perused that a few times uh, himself. Indeed. It is uh, pretty good. Uh, you, can't put the, you can't put the big guy away. So he's, uh, he's, he's the greatest uh, in so many ways. And we'll be talking a lot more about the greatest. So let's get into this, shall we? More about marketing. Republicans need to be Republican, okay? You can't get behind people who support the Democrat Party, period, okay? We see what's happening. In the Albuquerque Journal, Jessica Dyer immediately goes to who? Don't go to Dan Lewis. Goes directly to Louis Sanchez, okay? So this is impressed upon the people. And then you look at the back pages, every single thing that is written up in the back, every single page, everything that you look at, it's hammering Republicans, hammering uh, Coy Griffin, hammering Donald Trump. And then you have, oh, look, the, Demo the Democrats are actually turning a corner. They're, they're wanting to improve things. 
because they're in political trouble. Every single time they have to run back to home base, it says the administration is 100% ignoring what we're talking about here and what is going on with the citizens of Albuquerque, says Democrat Counselor Luis Sanchez. <laughs> I don't see uh, Dan Lewis getting any of the credit. Let's see. Let's see where we go. And now here. for the Republican for... response to the administration, Democratic City Counselor Luis Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, here we go. <laughs> let, me, let me see. City Counselor Pat Davis is the next counselor quoted here. American Civil Liberties Union of New Mexico uh, here, all Democrats. I was looking for a Republican there. Oh, but remember, we're nonpartisan. And yet the Republicans want to get together at their BC GOP meeting that is even advertised, even isn't even well attended. Uh, I can tell you all this kind of stuff. And they're going to sit there and listen to Democrat Luis Sanchez while they're right next to independent union boss... Sean Willoughby. You see what I'm the point I'm making here? And I literally have somebody asking me, well, we've got this Republican who really wants to do a lot of good things. Well, they want to do a lot of good things, but they can't do it in the Republican Party. Well, you don't have to look very much further than its own Republican Party to determine the problem with the Republican Party is the Republican Party and the people have been leading it to it's like the person who's running for your CD one. Dowd started out his career wanting to be a Republican. Oh, yeah. Like he was a neocon to the nth degree. I remember the story he telling me and he went to George Washington University, all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm like, OK, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I feel like I take on the world, Pat Buchanan, you know, <laughs> paleo libertarians like, you know, uh, neo neocons. I mean, he was he was that way. And then I was. What happened down? The Bushes. Happy birthday. 76th birthday to George W. Bush. That's about as good as the, I'll, I'll ever say anything about the guy. Not going to do it. Not going to raise your taxes. He had that. Then he had his son. <laughs> Boy, making deals with Osama bin Laden, right? And basically holding hands with the Obamas. Might remember that. Remember betraying because they couldn't be next to Donald Trump. And then we have the same type of thing here. The same exact type of thing here. In fact, the new person who wants to go and take it on, uh, along with the uh, <clears throat> Republican think tank, uh, which you used to work for, Dowd. Uh, what is it, the worthless uh, think tank called? The Real Grande Foundation. Uh, the Reward Guessing Foundation, I, I believe. Is. <laughs> All right. They just literally, and then they just put out crap, over crap, regurgitate. He's very on time with his emails, very on time with the marketing. I mean, Paul is just, that's all he's, you know. Time to make the donuts, made the donuts, have a, you know, this, it's just very rote, okay? And I'm not like that, and I'm sure Dowd wishes I were a little bit more rote sometimes. But let me say this. Now you have uh, Carla Sontag, who got behind uh, none other than Manny Gonzalez, because she hates me so much, she cannot help me, help it. Remember, she is the same woman who's leading the New Mexico Business Coalition that sued the Republican Party or got sued by the Republican Party for the stuff that was coming out. I don't ever know what ever happened of that, if uh, what happened one way or the other. But there was a big, you know, whatever. And now she's in the middle of it again. And what is she addressing? She's addressing the Republican Party of Bernalillo County at last Friday's meeting. That's a little bit inside baseball. But you need to understand out there why there isn't an opposition. Because it doesn't matter if it's the papers. It doesn't matter if it's a community meeting. It doesn't matter. Hey, you know, what was the guy that John Rockwell had Manny Gonzalez there 21 times? When you guys sit here and complain about homelessness or you complain about murders or you complain about, I don't know, economy or take your pick of whatever your uh, issue du jour is. The fact is, is you didn't like Trump. 
You didn't like me. You didn't like a lot of the people who didn't want to be controlled by you because you were bad people. You have bad ideas and you aren't going to win. You're simply not going to win unless you make the right choices. I don't know how else to break the news to you, but choosing Whitey McWhitey every single time to represent your Republican Party and then finding somebody on the other side to represent yourself isn't going to work. Your party is racist, folks. And just because you have a black man running for lieutenant governor doesn't mean you're going to go ahead and have it come to Jesus. Let's get real here, folks. The Democrats are going to beat you in November if you do not get your stuff together because you're enabling the other side, allowing you think for a second that the Democrats would ever invite a Republican to come speak at their event. When I play this Melanie Stansberry bit during our third hour, where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just see that as mortal enemies of the Republican Party, period. Every single answer, every single thing, I'm like, what is going on? Why? What is this? Why is that woman representing what for, since its inception, all the way until, was it 2004, 2006? When did we lose the uh, seat, 2008? was Republican every single cycle without fail, all the way through Heather Wilson. And then you guys decided to run that idiot, Darren White, the sheriff. And you've never seen it turn red again. And now you have a CD1 candidate and Michelle Garcia Holmes, who literally taking all her signs that she ran for 2018 and 2020. And what does she go and do? She puts her signs out there. So she could advance the cause for the Democrats yet once again, because she was chief of staff for Gary King. Nobody else is going to tell you that. She's listing that as her qualifications to run for CD1. She should be replaced because we also know that during her tenure while she was there, that who got a free pass? And I didn't know this until much later, like more recently, I should say that she was chief of staff at the time that Jeffrey Epstein got his whole pass from Governor Bill Richardson with Gary King's signature affixed to it. What else can I say here? Born to lose cycle after cycle, election after election, unless you decide to get serious about the issues, unless you decide to go ahead and convert Louis Sanchez into a Republican. If I'm a Republican on that city council, Dan Lewis, or anybody else, until he decides to go ahead and change to our party, you have to, you have to fight for your branding and your marketing, period. If he's going to vote that way. He's got to register as a Republican. For God's sakes, this is the best chance we have had. We've got a pretty good gubernatorial candidate, well-spoken, good-looking, certainly somebody that every single Republican needs to get behind. In fact, we just heard the polling at the top of the hour. 15 weeks, 75% of people are for that. Ban at 15 weeks. Nope, we're going to go ahead and march straight in. That is a winner, winner chicken dinner all day long. At six weeks, 50% of the country. If you're pregnant, well, 50% of the country at six weeks wants you to keep it. Period. You've got to start getting serious about winning. And if any of you guys are bad-mouthing Jay McCluskey and say, I'm not going to work with him or I don't have you got to stop that, okay? He doesn't, he got to run a campaign. You don't need to kind of get involved in the riffraff. And you should be asking him what we need to do so we can go back to the time when the Republicans actually were winning. 
because the divide in the party, and I hate to say it, you know, Steve Pierce is chair of the party. Hopefully he's going to be able to come around and help Mark Ronchetti, regardless of the rift that exists between Susanna Martinez and him. Who cares? Nobody cares because we're living in hell. I'm going to take it a step further. You small businesses out there, bet you didn't even realize that the, the clock ticking July 1st came. And what happened on July 1st? Aha! Uh -huh. Yeah, your payrolls. Sick leave. Did anybody even talk about this? It just came and went. And you want to talk about why businesses aren't going to re relocate to New Mexico? That is a non-starter, period. Mandatory paid sick leave. One for 30. Now, if you think about that, and you're like, okay, well, why are we going to lose again? Well, because you're not fighting issues like that. We beat it the first time. What happened the second time? We lost. They took us down with the ship. I can tell you right now, if you're a business and you're thinking about moving to other places, I can't blame you. Because that's a 35 to 4% tax. I got into arguments with Republicans about that because they couldn't figure out the math. Like that's a 4% additional tax on every single business that's there. Period. So let's be smart, folks. Let's come together. Let's get behind Republicans. And you, if you're a Republican out there, start branding as Republicans. And if you are in any way endorsing any sort of Democrat policy, you're not a Republican. I'm going to fight you on this. And the best thing that I did was run as a Republican and put in that a man battling his own party. The Santa Fe New Mexican picked up on it. Albuquerque Journal picked up on it. The only people that didn't pick up on it was, you guessed it, the Republicans. And by the way, you might want to remove Luis Sanchez uh, from that uh, crime panel that's coming up. Back after a quick break. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night, I should be sleeping like a log. It has been. I've been uh, circulating, you know, I've been actually manually running the radio station. Every break, uh, the switcher gets replaced tomorrow. I mean, literally have replaced every single piece of equipment here at the Kiva. And uh, it has been a hard day's night. I try to stay up. Sometimes I miss the breaks and, you know, I'm going back and forth from doing all those things. And it's been a tough couple of weeks for me. No doubt about it. Hard Day's Night premiered this day at the Pavilion in London. Filmed during the height of Beatlemania and written by Alun Owen. The film was made in the style of the mockumentary describing a couple of days in the lives of the greatest rock and roll group of all time. Uh, I think um, <clears throat> unarguably uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But there you go. You can say Eddie, more. I just uh, I, while during the break, I, I, I went over to see if the Republican Party, our beloved elephants, uh, the GOP of the land of enchantment, if they are capitalizing on this new mandate on business, of course, that went into effect five days ago, yeah, no. uh, obviously going to be driving mm -hmm. driving costs up for entrepreneurs in New Mexico. Uh, not only have they not issued a statement on, on July 1st with about the new mandate, they haven't issued uh, a press release uh, this month yet. They've stopped on June 30th. So they're right on top of things. As yeah. usual, uh, nothing's happened, by the way, right in the last <laughs> days. It really, no, I guess we we did a nice blast for um, um, what's what's the holiday? Oh yeah, Juneteenth. I forget what it is. I think they did. RPNM would like to acknowledge Juneteenth. I think we had uh, 
the NAACP, who used to have a radio program right here on this radio station. <laughs> Does anybody even realize that? Why would they do that? It was a minority radio station owner. They were the Office of African American Affairs, OAAA. And Eddie, they even Dr. referred to Harold it as Bailey. I don't know, but Go ahead. They referred to it as Juneteenth National Independence Day. I thought we already had an Independence Day. So can, can a country party. have more than one Independence Day? I, I don't know. They're swinging from the other side of the plate there. They're just like, Phew. nope, 246 years. No, we're not going to acknowledge that, but we are going to acknowledge what happened in Texas back in 1863. There you go. The Dukes are coming up. Just a couple of bad boys here. Nasty boys is Janet Jackson. Miss Jackson, uh, if you're nasty. I noticed uh, some more woke stuff on Google. Uh, Charlie Hill. I'm like, who the hell is Charlie Hill? Uh, Dow, do you know who Charlie Hill is? No clue. No clue? Oh, let me tell you. He is on the front page of Google, and I want you to know about him. In fact, the fifth picture in shows not Charlie Hill, shows a black Charlie Hill. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it just shows just how prominent he was. Uh, he was on the Richard Pryor show in 1977, was a Native American stand-up comedian, actor, and member of the Oneida. Oneida? Is that the same? Is that, the, is that what my silverware... See, white people? You see what you got there? Oneida! Nisha, yeah, your, your, your silverware? The Oneida silverware? Guess where it comes from? See, this, this shows how much you know. <laughs> he wrote for the television series Roseanne. He was the first Native American to be a TV comedy stand-up star. You know you're white. You know you're really, really white. I mean, when, when you... And it's very interesting to, to note this. You know you're really, really white when you recognize the name, but you have no idea what it actually means. And then you go back and you feel very guilty for it later and feel like you need to acknowledge it on the front page of all of your websites and say, oh, yeah, we need to go ahead and, and finally, you know, give some sort of credence and, and tip of the hat to that. Like, nobody cares. Being politically incorrect was actually a good thing for this country. It's truth-telling. It's straight shooting. That's what it is. Like, acknowledge what it is. Okay, if you want to acknowledge Charlie Hill, he was. And I, I, I hate that we missed him in his heyday. I'm going to go uh, see the best of Charlie Hill, and that's great. Yeah. It that, Maybe but, it's funny. Yeah. If it's funny, I'll laugh. <laughs> Here he is, uh, born on this day back in uh, 1951 in Detroit, Michigan, where many Native Americans, as you know, uh, are, are born, uh, D-Dowd Muska. <laughs> Straight from the tribe in Detroit, Michigan. So uh, there you go. But By the way, I can talk all I want about this stuff because – I'm Native American, and I've got the 23 in me to show it. So uh, there we go. All right. So I don't want to digress too much, but uh, New Mexico does have a bit of a part to play in the uh, gas and oil boom, and it could have been a lot worse. And if you were subscribed to rockoftalk.chat, and if you unsubscribe after you see my face and the good writing that comes out from D. Dowd Muska, boy, shame on you, because this is a good one. Dowd released it just a few minutes ago. Dowd, uh, what do you got? And uh, give the people a reason to subscribe at rockoftalk.chat. Yeah, folks. Uh, people know me as the Prince of Darkness, of course. Uh, you know, the Irish disposition and the naturally angry and bitter outlook on life. I am constantly looking for good stories about New Mexico. And whenever I find one, I rush it, I rush it to press. Uh, we are... And, and you sit down for this, or if you're driving, you know, find a safe place to pull over and take a deep <laughs> breath. We, we are uh, in New Mexico, the great state of New Mexico. We are, we're not a commonwealth. We're a state. We are the petroleum star of coronavirus America. Woo! And nobody comes close to us, okay? Away, baby. New Mexico's we... number one and actually something that is worth being number one in. 
It's it's uh, listen. I'll, I I linked all the data online. Uh, Rockoftalk.chat, and of course, this is subscriber only. So you gotta give me your two dimes a day. Uh, yeah. I, Eddie, I think I did my. Uh, we did the uh, the launch report uh, earlier on July first. We did the launch re- report on how New Mexico did not launch anything, and that that we did that was paywall free because I give I give out one article free a month. So we're back into the the pay period here. Uh, New Mexico has expanded. I looked at Eddie sometimes the months because of weather, because of seasonal changes. I looked at the first quarter, not not just one month, but three months. The first quarter of 2020, before the world ended, you know, January, February, March, before everything went to hell, and the first quarter of 2022, which we now have the data on from the federal government. New Mexico oil production is 28% higher this year, first quarter, than it was the first quarter before Rona. That's the first quarter of 2020. Now, you want the list of states that have not climbed their way back to the level of petroleum production they had before lockdown, Texas, North Dakota, Alaska, Wyoming, California, Louisiana, uh, Colorado, Kansas, West Virginia, the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, another of our neighbors, uh, Oklahoma, in addition to Texas and Colorado, nobody's found their way back to producing the same amount of oil. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons I'm not, uh, we can get into the, the, the intricacies of that. New Mexico has held up, you know, like like someone on a battlefield holding up that flag and, and charging the enemy. We are not down 10%, like the country's been down 10% in production. We are up 28% as a result of this vast resource base we have down in the Permian Basin. And I didn't have time to put it in the, the post, but this is a little special uh, for the listeners, Eddie. I looked at the unemployment rates over... Uh, in May, May 2020, May 2021, and May 2022. So we looked at the same month every year. So we're not we're not uh, fiddling with numbers to, to because they're not seasonally adjusted. So we looked at just the the unemployment rate in May. Uh, a couple months into lockdown, San Juan County's unemployment was 11.5 percent. One year later, it was 7.9 percent, and the most recent number for San Juan County. 4.7%, well under half what their unemployment rate was at the, uh, you know, two years ago. Lee County, big, big oil producer, 11.1% two years ago, May. It's been cut in half, 5.4% May 2022. Eddy County, another big oil producer, uh, all these counties produce a lot of oil and a lot of gas. They are now at 3.6% after hitting almost 7%. Uh, these are counties that, I mean, the idea that San Juan County that has been struggling for years is now below the statewide rate for unemployment. Our oil and gas sector has Eddie, despite all the despite all the things working against us, we have rebounded. We have a wonderful resource base here uh, in New Mexico to produce oil and gas. And I find it kind of funny, Eddie, because sometimes some honest people on the left they will analyze how much low-income people are impacted disproportionately by rising energy prices because they spend a, beta, a greater percentage of their household income on energy, energy prices, where if you're super richy-rich in Corrales, for example, and you're driving your Tesla, energy is not a big part of your household expenses. Martin Heinrich, Melanie Stansbury, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, all progressives, you will look at their websites, you will search in vain for any mention of this wonderful news about the fact that New Mexico is more than pulling its own weight, pumping that oil, 
injecting that oil uh, into the global marketplace. Eddie, I took a look. Oh, now, this is that, that was a very important thing that you said. Uh, global marketplace. I'm going to get to that. In a, we got, we're running up uh, against it here in about a minute and a half, Dowd. So. Oh, sure. Uh, if America had matched New Mexico's increase over the last two years, an extra 5 million barrels of day would, of oil would be on the world market, and that would put a tremendous amount of downward pressure on price. Well, this is something to number? be... What was that number? Uh, that was, there would be an initial 5 million more barrels a day of crude on the world marketplace. We should be proud. If what again? Five million barrels per day would be on the world marketplace if the U.S. had done what New Mexico had done. We have every reason to be proud of this, mm -hmm. and the liberals will never acknowledge it, Eddie, and it is to their shame. Funny you should mention five million uh, barrels of oil because that's exactly what Biden sent Europe, Asia, Despite soaring gas prices, this is uh, 210 million gallons a gallon for every single uh, driver in the entire country. He sent that to Europe, folks. That's right. Multiply 42 by a barrel of, uh, of oil, which is now sub 100. And they're going to try and take credit for that, Dowd. And we sent 200 and, 210 million gallons of gas to Europe. Um, while you're suffering, while your prices went over $5, and Joe Biden is paying the price right now. He's paying the price absolutely everywhere. Even Yahoo News, NBC News going after him. Um, he is uh, getting fried. The outlet reported that the U.S. crude from the reserves was also bound for the Netherlands, India, and China. So while you're paying more than $5 million, I mean, while you're spending more than $5, He's sending five million barrels of oil. Oh, creepy Joe. You've done it again. Mm, there he is. But <laughs> you know what? You Republicans, you want to support Democrats? This is the time to go ahead and uh, get away from all that. We have the moral high ground, and all of our policies would have worked had we employed them. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. Last segment of the hour. Thanks for listening. You know I feel all right. You know I feel all right. Sun's up at Sunnyside Up. Feeling good Saturdays at Sunnyside Up mean 10% off your meal when you wear Lobo gear. More Sunnyside Up offers at sunny.theplaceilike.com. Sunnyside Up, Manala, Louisiana by the Sheraton. Jumpin' Jack Flash back in the day, 1968, their fifth, number five, coming out of the 60s, number one single. It's a top of the charts. Keith Richards has stated that he and Jagger wrote the lyrics while staying at his country house. Richards, by the way, is still alive, outlived everybody except for Mick. But they were awoken one morning by the sound of Jack Dyer walking past the window. That's who it's about. When Jagger asked what the noise was, Richards responded, oh, that's Jack. Just Jumpin' Jack. And there you go. You got Jumpin' Jack flash it's a gas 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 there you go uh i do how do you like that uh it's all serendipitous it all just sort of works out there now as you know the, uh, the and one of the worst uh whoopi goldberg movies if i remember correctly <laughs> i never saw anything with whoopi. No, no no i did see uh molly you and danger girl what is that ghost oh my love whatever that was yeah, but I, I, nobody could get into that falsetto 
um, what is it? The Everly Brothers? Is that what it was? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Righteous Brothers. Righteous, Righteous Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Every Gen X girl was in love with Patrick Swayze. Oh, my God. Did they love Patrick Swayze? Oh, boy. <sighs> Susanna from Pet Food gone crazy. Gone wild, by the way. has been texting in. She says, the Paley will destroy many small businesses. Business. And we're all saying it will be abused. No doubt about it. Um, they are going to use it to police, 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 police. Why you don't hire employees? Not hire. Little secret here. <laughs> don't do it, folks. Don't don't bring them on. Or you know they're going to ask you. Hey, you got to start administering the vaccinations. Be responsible for. I can never administer a vaccine. Dow, did you get vaxxed? Well, we got to get got to get your dip tet, honey. Got to get your dip tet. <laughs> Little girl over here has got her hands full. Got to get the dip tet. Rear Rancho celebrated Juneteenth, and the legislators for this side of the state have said nothing about the paid leave. Of course not. They didn't say Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Yep. You. you. Juneteenth's my Independence Day. Like the, the writers aren't going to write about it. You know. Again, hiding or choosing not to stand for their constituents or their small businesses. If you don't have any small business, you don't have any governments. I hate to say it. <laughs> I think there's a front page article about it. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, New Mexico's going deep in the doldrums. What was our uh, what was our cash take from the federal government? Twenty seven billion. billion uh, just uh, a little over twenty six tri- yeah. uh, billion. Yes, billion. Yeah, there we go. Twenty six billion. <laughs> Not trillion yet. Dan McKay. McKay. Did I say that right? Dan McKay. The state of New Mexico cut its gross receipts tax last week by one eighth of one percent. Oh my gosh. Armageddon apocalypse! <laughs> like literally, Dan. Do you let's. Can we do the math here, Dan? Dan, Milkman, Dan. Do you remember Milkman Dan from uh, what was the name of that comic? Look it up uh, on there. Red meat. Oh man, that was the only reason I ever pick up the alibi. Was the red meat comic? I don't even know that. It's the funniest thing. I noticed out that you like uh, English, and uh, I went to go look at your bio. So I was like very excited about that because I was. I wanted to make sure what I was pushing. <laughs> was I was pushing because I saw doubt doubtmuska.com, right? So that was important to me. I'm like, well, what am I actually pushing? I got to go look at uh, everything that's on there. And there's all the links if you go to doubtmuska.com. And I'm like, oh, I now know his favorite vehicle. I'm like, the guy actually has a favorite vehicle, the FJ. I, I, I had one for many years to protect the, the nephew. By the way, they they cut, they stopped making that here in the United States. And they did. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the, mm-hmm. The Arabs have it now going forward. So there they go. I mean, they get all the good stuff. They get the tallest buildings. They get they get everything. The prettiest girls. <laughs> oh, you like those girls. <laughs> no, no, no. They they, imp- they they import a lot of those girls from Europe and North America. <laughs> oh, they do? As I understand you know, it. I've never been there, but yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> By the way, uh, <clears throat> see. another decreases plan next summer. Whittling down the state's gross receipts tax. Experts say, I, we're always trusting trusting these experts. Who, who the hell are we talking to? Experts said Tuesday could push New Mexico toward the twin policy goals of making the state's tax system more business friendly and less burdensome for low-income families. I mean, I feel like, you know, here we are. Our NPR is not going to be able to be funded. By the way, that's the number one radio station. Los Flores! Hello, I'm Michael Brasher. It's 4 a.m. I've been here for... Uh, a little over 40 years, and I'm still doing NPR in the morning. 
But getting there won't be easy. Generating less revenue from gross receipts would ask in other changes. Let's let's talk about the bottom line here. What has really actually driven the gross receipts tax down? Uh, that's when <laughs> businesses decide to flee the state of New Mexico because they don't want to be here. So they don't pay into the system anymore, and you lose those businesses. Just shut down, I don't know, eight, 850. Like, this is a uh, an embarrassment of riches for Mark Ronchetti today. Between the gross receipts tax and him making this big deal about this, he can literally talk about the number of businesses that were shut down, the number of restaurants that were shut down um, that the Restaurant Association couldn't defend um, in, in all of this. Uh, couldn't, you know, we were literally the worst place to have a restaurant during this entire time. And I, I love the New Mexico Restaurant Association, but they needed to stand up a little bit taller. Yep. Uh, yep. on their behalf, but there was way too much PC force because, you know, the, the very leftist M. Tucci, you know, type brands that are out there, they, they're the force. They're the, they're, they're the Look one. at who's on the board and you 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 you, you learn why they were cucked out so much. Huh? Up while we're, why don't you pull that up or while we're while we're uh, here? So I think I think people, we just need to start outing it. I mean, because, you know, the, the rats are leaving the ship anyway at this point. You know what I mean? I mean, everyone's going to get thrown overboard at, at some point. So might as well just you know, get it cut, cut to the chase and all this. So when these businesses leave, Mark Ronchetti can take that and you said, okay, what are we going to do to bring those businesses back? How are you going to incentivize them? If Dan McKay would have actually done the math, we got those 27 billion. Do you actually know what the actual revenue that comes in while she's jacking up the budget? I think we've gone, Susanna Martinez left uh, the little runt, uh, what? Five and a half. No, no, two. Sorry, I was thinking. I was thinking about the budgets. Got my wires crossed. Two point one billion surplus. I think I'm dead on on that. The budget went from six point five to seven point two to seven point seven to eight point whatever. And she's get. I mean, she's she's headed for a ten billion dollar budget. Do you think it's going to stop that little runt from spending any more money up in Santa Fe? No, it's not. Or the Democratic legislators. They're not going to figure out more ways to go ahead and pay back. They're handing out money. They're literally handing out money, buying votes for people. Okay, remember, legals can vote, so you got all that. So they're handing out money. Everyone's getting their their checks. Everyone's going to the, you know, the the, the free paycheck uh, group here, just down the road here. The work workforce solutions is uh, is never going to be able to. <laughs> like, you could just you don't even have to look for a job. You just just wait for the check and say you're homeless or say you're you know uh, without employment. Okay. Dan McKay, with a little bit of uh, elbow grease here, the guy could have actually figured out that we could have given the state of New Mexico, like Mississippi almost did. By the way, we're inheriting their last abortion clinic. Thank you. Come on. Come on where the water is warm. Way to go, New Mexico. Way to, way to do it. Another thing that Mark Runkity can run on. And we can bring those businesses back if we have a tax holiday on businesses getting rid of the gross receipts tax for up to 10 years or eliminating the income tax. Think about those two choices. Or maybe Mark Ronchetti's idea, which we didn't hear until we did the interview and he won the debate. Remember, he had the debate that we had. We had the, <clears throat> the where everyone tossed their papers in. Um, Jay Block, Mark Ronchetti, and Greg Zanetti are the three that got in. Rebecca Dow, she didn't bother uh, sending in. She was really tired that week. I remember she, she was telling us. She was very sleepy. was very sleepy. And then, so... Mark Ronchetti's idea is to give money back from the oil industry. And literally, you just heard Dowd saying that it's up 28%. So Michelle Lujan Grisham is running into a wall right now, like she did when she did her, here's what I think about Trump's policies. A little blowing ball just about pushing through. She's running into that wall, and she's not going to be able to run through it. 
because she's going to be forced to have a decision where it's like there's this up despite her green new energy deal policies because the Texans that have relocated and Claire Chase is certainly one of them have relocated over to Texas. The New Mexicans have relocated to Texas. They're cranking as much oil out of the state of New Mexico, which is the real reason why this is all happening. And I know that because I talked to the people who are in the oil industry. They're going to crank as much oil as they can before 2045, and they're going to run the spigots dry. I drink your milkshake. That's what's going on here in the state of New Mexico. Just so you know. Just so you know. Just, uh, just so you're informed. Uh, oh, look at this. 23 and Me is a fraud, and everyone knows it except you, Eddie. And he sends me... Uh, a link, man sends lizard saliva, 23andMe for DNA testing, exposing total fraud of a company's claims. Uh, that one from the Gospel News Network, the very credible Gospel News Network. There you go. Thank you. Inside the shady world of DNA testing, crampity. Th- that's from cracked.com. Uh, both very legitimate uh, news sources, cracked.com and the Gospel News Network. Thank you. Let's go, Lobos. Hey, we suck again. The Lobos were bad, dude. Uh, let's see. I guess it doesn't count unless it comes from one of Dowd's 200-plus corporate media sources. Boy, this guy's sour. Ooh. Wow. It's wow. I'm fight here in the Kiva. Um, One-eighth of 1% will save me all of $3.64. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> am I grateful. Yes. Uh, but it's going to bankrupt our state. I had no idea I was a business mail contractor. Tax and revenue just slapped me with a $26,000 gross receipts from 2016 to 2015 to 2019. There you go. Figure out whatever you want to. Detroit is an urban destination for tribal people in that area like Albuquerque is for the tribes in the Southwest. Okay. Thank you. I feel educated now. Uh, I wasn't, it's just, it's not coming from an actual tribe though. So there you go. Born literally in a hospital in Detroit. And finally, interesting that 5 million barrel number keeps coming up. Didn't J.P. Morgan say if Russia pulled 5 million barrels a day off the world market, the price would soar to $380 a barrel? Hmm. That's all we're... Well, don't, don't, don't forget China and India, they're buying a lot of Russian oil. That oil's not off the market. <laughs> In rubles, baby. All right, I hit the top of the hour news. Hour two just for you here in the ABQ up next. Thanks for listening. Super teeth. Albuquerque's macro. Five oh five in the five oh five. I am Eddie Eric on the Rock of Talk on AM sixteen hundred KIBQ.FM Rock of Talk.com. Hour two coming at you from the ABQ here with D Dot Musco. Hour two, a lot of uh, fun. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. If you want to see us. If you want to, uh, you know, delay us, you can uh, podcast us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify, or you can um, go ahead and get the apps directly at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com and take us anywhere. We have worldwide reach. And most importantly, if you actually want to get it, join the club, you want to, you want to join the club. Oh yeah. We've got, I've got a nice little musical interlude for you. Uh, Speaking of in the club uh, today, a very important day. Uh, you would know that you'd be in the club had you read the uh, rock of talk dot chat. Muska uh, here, hour two, and glad to have you on board. How are you? Uh, yes, Eddie. And it's funny that your your texture last hour uh, for anyone questioning uh, whether you should subscribe to the Rock of Talk. Um, all my corporate media sources. So let me see. 
I never cite CNN. I never cite the New York Times. I never cite the Washington Post. I never cite Fox News. Uh, all the economic organizations and thinkers and think tanks and lo lobbying organizations are all member-supported, grassroots kind of uh, organizations. I regularly cite about 10 different uh, anti-environmental lunacy blogs that are all uh, you know, reader-supported. Uh, two anti-military industrial complex publications. I want a publication. want a think tank. Uh, two pro-life organizations, one very, very religious and one purely uh, secular, a whole bunch of libertarian publications, a whole bunch of libertarian think tanks, all supported by individual donors. My videos all come from either Rumble or Odyssey, not YouTube. My news uh, citations come from Glenn Beck, The Blaze, Just the News, American Conservative, The Federalist, uh, two great British uh, websites, The Daily Skeptic and Spiked, neither one of which is owned by a corporation. Uh, Breitbart. You're just, you're just uh, laying it all out there. No Chinese secrets uh, with the ancient Chinese. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm really in love with corporate. Listening to that litany, Eddie, I'm really in love with corporate media. That Those are my corporate media ci citations. Right, right. Well, you never have to apologize and you never have to justify. Uh, Dowd, uh, you're being in the Kiva and us sticking together for two years. I think that's probably pretty good enough. Well, right and, you know, there. the sad thing is, uh, listen, uh, for many years, I did uh, read the New York Times every day and the Washington Post every day, and I, I always knew because I, I come from this world and I, I can recognize bias. Uh, I always knew that the, the spin would be slightly to moderately to the left, but I thought the facts that they reported usually were pretty solid. Uh, we're at a point now where Washington Post, New York Times, CNN—they don't even—I mean, they're—they're—they're they're, they're so unconnected from reality that I don't even really go to those websites to read those publications anymore. It's been, it's really been years. So, uh, uh, folks, rest assured, uh, you won't get much corporate media from me. <laughs> there you go. There's all the news that's fit to be covered by Dowd. Is something wrong with Dowd's microphone? You're coming through loud and clear, but sounds like he's talking through a pillow. I don't think so. I'm not sure why that is. I've got him. Uh, he's, he sounds good to me on my end. Not sure what's going on there. Can't hear Dowd. And I have you on speaker. All right. Um, hmm. Dowd, uh, test one, two, please. Uh, test one, test two, test two. Let's see, folks, if we can defeat Minnie Mao in November. There I had go. to look on upon her with my own eyes a couple days ago. I almost went blind. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, and she was wearing her boots. You know, she loves to wear those boots when she's out in public, you know, because she's a real cowgirl, our governor. I love <clears throat> you in a very heterosexual way. I don't know what that means. <laughs> wow. I don't know where that, where, what warranted that. Uh, are you suggesting when a woman from Sandy or Santa Ana has her child in Albuquerque, the child isn't a tribal member? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you might want to flip to the other side, bro. You're a little bit as in, you're a little bit too sensitive. You got to relax. Am I suggesting that? Yeah, I was talking about the local tribes here, weren't you? Boy, all sorts of stupid there. Better at first, but then he moved away or something. Oh, I guess you moved away from the mic. I don't know what's going on. It's literally wrapped around your head. Maybe your mouth jumped across the room there. There we go. Um, Eddie, that was a great that was great radio in that first hour. Now admit your mistake and move on. Black Republican running for Congress uses AR-15 against KKK in ad campaign. <laughs> That's from uh, TMZ. Uh, so there you go. All right. So speaking of media news sources, let's just talk about the uh, turning of the tide a little bit. Uh, we do have Mark Ronchetti. I think the fact that he comes from the media is a good thing. Um, please don't refer to him as the weatherman. Okay. I think we need to let's stop. We need to realize what's at stake here. Okay. Rally the troops. You can say, 
anybody but MLG or no MLG, whatever you want to just make sure that, you know, here in Bedonia, you should drop out of the race. Okay. Oh, I'll be a Republican for life. I'll be a Republican forever. I was born a Republican. I think there was like, oh, with a rifle. I, she was born a Republican. Okay. Now she's a libertarian, a.k.a. opportunist. Um, there, and big L, by the way, not, not my little, uh, little L uh, out there. Okay. So let's get to this, shall we? This is good. <clears throat> this is what we like to see media do. And roll tape three, two, and... Yeah, you're seeing election campaign ads pretty much all over the place in the governor's race. We've heard from many of you about one of them saying the math doesn't add up. So Target 7's John Cardinelli put it to the test. John Cardinelli. It came with a bunch of fanfare. Free college for pretty much everyone in New Mexico. Let's sign. the opportunity. Way to go, Mel Good job. And this is Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham signing the legislation in March. And just three uh, months... By the way, proper attribution. This from our partners at KOAT. I just want to make sure we get we count here. Here is a woman appearing in one of the governor's campaign ads, saying she was able to become a nurse because of the scholarship. <laughs> it takes at least two years to become a nurse. I promised my parents I'd become a nurse, but I couldn't have done it without the governor's Broad. scholarship. Broad. School is completely free. The legislation was enacted just four days ago. Okay, here you go. This is so good. I can't even believe this is happening. I, I, let me, let's just stop here for a second. Just celebrate the fact that this is even at this point being addressed out. Just, just the fact that <laughs> they're cutting to the truth of this. And then KO, KOB also had to come out. Like, this is how bad it is right now for MLG. She doesn't stand to win. When I tell you that it is Michelle Lujan, uh, it's Mark Ronchetti's race to lose. I'm telling you, this is his race to lose. Like, it's a freight train. You better jump on board, folks. Like, the guy dominated the primary against, uh, you know, some pretty good opponents. Really, there was only really one good legitimate opponent. I think Jay Block lives in New Hampshire now, and we've got uh, Rebecca Dow, you know, doing – I think he's taking care of your apple farm up there, Dowd. Oh, well, we always need help. Yeah. yeah so more apples to pick. <laughs> just write down I-91. Just write down the Connecticut there, River Valley. The, the old Applebrook <laughs> Farms down in the old Connecticut. Uh, that's how you say it. So uh, then you got Rebecca Dow. I don't know. She she wants to do something. She's she's. I don't think she's made up with uh, Mark Runk. I don't think that. I don't think that'll ever come together uh, quite the way that they they'd kind of hope. Hell hath no fury. <laughs> but let me tell you, KOAT and KOB. KOB had to it, like. They had to come out after Jay and his crew put together a wonderful media assembly to say, okay, look. And they had this, it's the funniest thing. Have you seen the KOB ad? Have you seen the ad with the KOB with Chris Ramirez on it? And let's uh, truth be told, Chris Ramirez did work for the Barry administration for a time. And he'd love to go back to something like that, I'm sure, at some point in his life. And uh, truth be told, got to be careful, okay? We want you to be uh, understand that, okay? Chris Ramirez is probably not as happy at KOB as he'd like to be. And he's like, uh, you know, he tried to do that whole expose, that hit piece on me. You live in your office. <laughs> like Chris, bro, come on, man. I like you. I mean, this is our first time meeting. You have to, why do you have to come at me like that? I think he's a great guy. I really did enjoy, you know, meeting with him, hung out with him on the golf course. I thought he did a, a pretty decent job. I'm like, boy, you better you get better get up pretty early in the morning because yeah, if I sleep at the office, I'm up all night. How about that? How about how about let's think about that first? But this is so key because KOB 
featured the ad and they have this like thing that is genius. Now, <clears throat> visual impact is so important. And they literally have the flushing of a toilet. I don't know who came up with it. Whoever came up with this, it's, it's like something to be shared. And if you can find it, I will talk about it. In fact, Dow, send me the ad. It has a dog coming out of the bathroom with toilet paper wrapped around it. Yeah, we'll do that when we return. 514, back after a quick break here in the Kiva on AM6 here at KIVABQ.FM. I don't even know who this person is. And you know what? Neither does Phil Collins. Doesn't even know his name. And he writes an entire song. And it's a name you've never... Have you ever actually heard of anybody by the name of Sue, 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 Sue? Like you, you never did. And what the hell is wrong with uh, Phil Collins? I was watching him dance on the uh, music video last night to this song. I swear, it's like Forrest Gump. You know, Jenny even Tom had a he's like this. This is his whole movement like back and forth. I'm like, Bill Collins, like, no moves, nothing. Like, a total uh, white boy. Well, he's British, yeah. British. All right, so let, let's go back to this. So, like, I, I, this the speed of this show is so much faster now. Like, all these hard breaks. Uh, now, do you like it so far? Do you, you yeah, it's, it's a it's a different pace. Uh, it is. Y- you got to give me more than dog with toilet paper commercial, though. I mean, okay, uh, sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. It's, this is called MLG. Stop wasting our tax dollars. Yeah, I got to do better. Um, you know, you know, I've, I'm 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 great at marketing. Um, maybe not great at communicating sometimes. So, uh, here we go. This is the commercial that I was just referring to, and this came directly out of. The KOB4 investigates they did not endorse a candidate. Listen to this ad. It's great. Feeling the pain of inflation from the grocery store to the gas pump. Listen. Yet Governor Lujan Grisham keeps wasting our tax dollars on her personal interests. There's more booze, a lot more food, and some other items that may surprise you. Cleaning, cleaning up after her dog. A lavish party. <laughs> it's like a second and a half of a little dachshund walking out of the bathroom while the toilet flushes it's like just listen to this just i, I got such a kick out of this cleaning up after her dog <laughs> <laughs> the visual bomb is perfect dry cleaning no cleaning pun up after her dog <laughs> a lavish party for donors taxpayers also paid for a new doggy door that gives you the opportunity to make that decision. Are these expenditures okay with you or not? Tell the governor, stop wasting our tax dollars. Very effective, right? Very effective. What we've all been put through, uh, Dowd, your reaction, I think. You've been uh, listening to this uh, stuff, watching it more than I have. I don't watch any TV, but um, as I was uh, sort of doing some investigation, uh, so to speak, you know, there it is. And. Yes, uh, Dowd, uh, KOB Channel 4 issued this statement. It was very interesting. Four investigates fact-checked. Did KOB endorse a candidate? If you're feeling like it's election season, blah, 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 and it says, no, they did not endorse a candidate. They do not endorse, endorse a candidate. Michelle Donaldson came out and said, we will not endorse a candidate. Okay, we know that. But cutting away from all that whole thing and using Jessica Garate, who, <laughs> I'll leave that alone, 
Chris Ramirez and Solis. Is he still around? Steve Solis still around? Did he leave too? Along with Jorge. I know Jorge is in the Phoenix market now. He's uh he's he's certainly looking more tan. He's very very tan tan. Little Jorge is. Uh, but what do you think about that ad, Dad? Uh, well, the 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 uh, the reaction was 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 more uh, I think interesting to me the fact that KOB had to come out and say, you know, we didn't participate in this. I, I it's a great hit as the as the as my political pros that I've occasionally worked with very rarely in my life would say it's a good hit it's a good hit it's a good hit. Uh, that was was that the Republican Governors Association that, that I think it was they it wasn't the Bronchetti campaign if I'm not I don't know mistaken I have, I have no clue. So I didn't okay. look, I mean, go and do the background, you know, like I said. But I, I mean, they, the, the VP and general manager, Michelle Donaldson, issued this, you know, rather lengthy for in terms of more than they needed to say. Uh, concerned citizens have reached out to KOB TV about a political advertisement that uses content from KOB TV news reports. Many people have interpreted this political advertisement as an endorsement by KOB TV of a particular candidate. This is not the case. KOB TV does not take sides in political elections. Like all broadcasters, we are bound by election laws that ensure access to the airwaves for political messages. Broadcasters are guided to give wide latitude to a multitude of political opinions. When the ad is from a specific candidate for office, broadcasters are prohibited by law from censoring, editing, or altering the message in any way. Additionally, the U.S. Supreme Court has determined that independent spending groups have a constitutionally protected right to participate yep, in the political right. process. It is not unusual for candidates or political groups to use excerpts of news reports in their ads. The editing of these ads may create confusion about their origin. To be clear, KOB TV does not endorse or support any particular candidate uh it sounds to me like a, a lot of uh, mlg flunkies were kind of ticked off about this eddie and they don't know the law they certainly don't know the the, the supreme court's uh, position on this and they they wanted to go after kob so i guess the statement the the, the people who in the decision making role the people who are concerned about the people who own the station figured they had to get out with this but um good ad and uh, i think rather telling about the political culture in new mexico exactly. that they had to issue a statement about this I think that, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, and folks, you're taking it from me. I mean, I know a little something about campaign commercials. Hello. I think I probably had, uh, dare I say it, the most effective uh, campaign commercials uh, that there was. And I think I was using KOB's exact footage, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez. During COVID-19, we had sex offenders that were flying into Albuquerque and having sex with underage girls. And nobody should be able to walk around downtown without any clothes on. Mr. Gonzalez, we asked a question about how you're going to help businesses. Mr. Gonzalez, can you, you may please, answer the question. Can you please repeat the question? Yes. And please explain after I gave you use of my radio station, Sheriff Mady Gonzalez, uh, why you decided to put me in front of the ethics board. Thank you. I have not put you in front of the ethics board. That was the doing of my political consultant. Uh, you just admitted that you are colluding and using your political consultant, and you just admitted that your MFC is working directly with your own campaign, and you have now just admitted fraud, Sheriff Gonzalez. Oh, there you go. We know a little something about campaign commercials after all, so I think we're uh, certainly okay to uh, make commentary on this, uh, Dowd, right? 
Oh, we lost Dowd's audio. Let's see if we can bring uh, uh, Dowd oh. back. There he is. Uh, okay, just just uh, the MLG ad uh, was paid for by an organization called Get Families Back to Work, a right. uh, an offshoot of the Republican Governors Association. And Eddie, you know, that's the other element of this. The fact that the Republican Governors Association, which has dozens of races it could look at, is yeah. deciding to spend money in a, in a blue state. I think they're quaking in their, their cowboy boots over there at MLG headquarters. They're, they're shooting from way behind. They're so far behind at this point. I mean, when I, if I'm sitting here communicating to you that this is Mark Ronchetti's race to lose, it, it literally is his race to lose. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I can tell you how it's going to go. I mean, this is the way it's going to go. And I'm asking you, and I'm going to beat the Republicans. Like, for example, I think last uh, hour I got a text from somebody. So Carlos Sontag, right? So we had the New Me the July 1st, that was the New Mexico Business Coalition. It wouldn't be fair for me to just, you know, rag on New Mexico Restaurant Association. I must also rag on the New Mexico uh, Business Coalition, who got behind the aforementioned uh, Manny Gonzalez, as you just heard him in his own words, uh, literally. <laughs> By the way, I dropped that ethics complaint uh, against him. So you're welcome, Manny. Uh, we don't want to hold the highest law officer in our land uh, to, to too much of the hilt there. I just didn't have the time, and I didn't really care much anymore about uh, you can go do continue doing what you're doing. So anyway, long story uh, short, did the New Mexico Business Coalition release anything about the uh, paid holiday sick leave? Uh, any release on that? I'd love to hear about that. Uh, someone asked me about that. So let's go ahead and let's uh, listen to the rest of this uh, ad or the investigative report of Target 7. And we'll talk about it after the break. Yeah, you're seeing election campaign ads pretty much all over the place in the governor's race. We've heard from many of you about one of them saying the math doesn't add up. So Target 7's John Cardinelli put it to the test. Got it out of it. It came with a bunch of fanfare. Free college for pretty much everyone in New Mexico. It's called the Opportunity Scholarship. And this is Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham signing the legislation in March. And just three months later, here is a woman appearing in one of the governor's <laughs> campaign ads, saying she was able to become a nurse because of the scholarship. It takes at least two years to become a nurse. I promised my parents I'd become a nurse, but I couldn't have done it without the governor's Opportunity Scholarship. Nursing school is completely free. The legislation was enacted just four days ago. So how can someone in a matter of days become a nurse? It's possible because our governor has put in the commitment to New Mexicans that college should be <laughs> tuition free. The state's higher education secretary, Stephanie Rodriguez, told oh Target 7 that the Opportunity Scholarship was actually created in 2020. That's when the legislature set aside $10 million in this budget, and they did it again the next year with another $22 million. But they never passed formal legislation creating it until now. We wow. needed the Opportunity Scholarship Act to to make sure we had the policy in place. Target 7 dug deeper into the nurse, Carla Osborne. And according to the governor's campaign, she actually started nursing school in 2017, two <laughs> years before the governor was sworn into office. Rodriguez says that Osborne received some of the opportunity scholarship money in her final semester. She graduated at the end of 2021. She has said publicly and on social media that she would not have graduated without the scholarship. Is opportunity scholarship kicked in at the right time for Carla to finish her credentials. Oh. The ad says Osborne is from Portales. It shows her driving to work at a hospital and sitting in front of it chatting with the governor. I'm so grateful. She helped me keep my promise to my parents. 
I'm Michelle Lujan Grisham, and I approve this message. Oh. Target 7 found that hospital is in Santa Rosa, which is a two-hour commute from Fort Dallas. The governor's campaign acknowledged Osborne doesn't actually work there. Target 7 discovered Osborne actually works as a nurse at the Curry County Detention Center. She started there in March. We called her on the phone, and she said she is still in nursing school. We wanted to interview oh her, but she never responded to our request. I finally found what I was meant to be in life. Target a correctional. John Cardinal. Uh, About 10,000 New Mexicans have received Opportunity Scholarship funds. Since wow. The- Let's hit the break. We'll get your reaction. We'll get Dow's uh, update on uh, the New Mexico Business Coalition. Right here in the Kiva. Thanks for listening at the bottom of the hour. <laughs> Grips on your ways, front way, back way. You know that I don't play. Streets not safe, but I never run away. Even when I'm away. OT, OT. There's never much love when we go OT. I pray to make it back in one piece. I pray, I pray. That's oh, Drake. There he is. Uh, one dance. This is one dance. You only get one shot at this, baby. And it's coming in November. And it's not even fair. I feel like, you know, like a giant guy just like... I'm holding uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham's head down. You know, she's like she's swinging underneath my arms because you know, she can't reach. Like it's bad, you know. Like seriously, and they're doing this for themselves. Yes, and uh, I did get a text. Yes, it's the very same Manny Gonzalez that supported Michelle Lujan Grisham for governor and Tim Keller uh, for mayor uh, back in good point uh, 2019. So let's not uh, forget that a lot of people have a lot of um, you know consternation about uh, how they went and well, I didn't know if you would have gone earlier. Who cares? We're past that. It's 2022, baby. And uh, we've got a chance for a big win. Dowd's got some uh, updates. Uh, first on the uh, New Mexico Business Coalition, Dowd. Yeah, uh, not exactly uh, on the ball, Eddie. Uh, their top two news headlines, one is dated April 27th of this year. The second is dated uh, August 30th of 2021, coming up on one year old. Uh, they do on have time. some... Yeah, they're timely, timely folks. They do have a couple of more recent uh, news. That just they're not really generating their own. They're just po- Is that what they po- posting other uh, other stuff. There's nothing here uh, about uh, the the paid sick leave mandate kicking in on July 1st. Now I looked at their Twitter account. They're mm. big fans of Brooke Basson and Jay Block. Uh, so uh, oh, they said that, that um, Jay's in New Hampshire right now. I think uh, I think uh, Lead Marker got more. So listen to this. You're gonna, you want to? It's stat of the day. Stat of the day. DP used to do that on a radio. Stat of the day. Lead marker got more signatures in his run for land commissioner than J Block got votes for the Republican Party after campaigning for nearly two years. There you go. After uh, after winning the convention, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, um, or, or prevailing, I guess. Uh, yeah. They but they do have this online publication they call the New Mexico Sun. Uh, yeah. The New Mexico Sun is uh, interviewing for mayor. Yes, that one. Uh, I mean, anybody. And when you think about promoting business and promoting capitalism in New Mexico, the first name that just comes to mind, of course, is Pete Dinelli. Uh, oh, yeah. They interview interview Pete Dinelli. Uh, they defend Brooke Basson for changing her. 
position on the homeless uh, encampments. So, uh, I mean, it's hard for me, Eddie, because personally, uh, I run into Sontag and her, or even dumber husband. uh, Oh, boy, I could get into some stories. When local communities in New Mexico were passing right-to-work provisions, Mm -hmm. there were uh, some people I kind of was associated with not not directly and they were they were doing tremendous efforts driving all over the state which in a state the size of ours is i mean you could do a six hour one way to go to some rural county uh they were doing great work it was a state chapter of a national organization but apparently the sense i got and even people told me that uh the sontags like to take credit for that even though uh their 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 role in it was actually good, quite quite small that. they're good at taking yeah. credit for a lot of other people's work uh, no. yeah Yep. 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 All right. So your reaction to those ads as we came across and uh, these uh, folks, if it's news, it's news. And here's the thing that's so incredibly effective right now. And this is where the machine and Ron Ketty and all this gets right. Okay. And this is where I'm asking you, I'm urging you. I, oh, I know uh, Susanna Martinez. She really, she left, she left the run $2.1 billion. Okay. To play with. She, she played with it, and she ran things up and drove business out and handed that money directly to Netflix and corporate welfare people, okay? And I don't even know where Netflix stocks at. It doesn't matter where Stranger Things and how much I like it. It's not going to drive it back to the 600-plus uh, range. It's just not going to happen again. What did they decide to do? They decided to buy you know corporate stuff and other places. So what happens when the machine and Ronchetti decide to go ahead and take clips from their newscasts is free reign. It's easy. And as much media, as much media as the liberals have had and the Democrats have had in this state, and they can't come up with one thing. This is what is so ingenious about having a guy who's been standing in front of the TV the entire time, giving you the news uh, reports or the weather reports, excuse me, is He's been in the media. He knows it. And it's hard to slam a guy. You can't slam him. There's no, what, what, what angle are you going to attack him from? I mean, we, we did sort of like a little underhanded thing where we were talking about his education and, you know, the, the degrees and stuff. But as far as a candidate, I mean, how much better is he than Shalohan <laughs> Grisham? So when you take and encapsulate the pieces from the media with the media, personality that's now potentially going to be your governor and you're, and you're seeing that i shouldn't say potentially he's going to be your governor I've already guaranteed you two two terms i can't you know i'm not going to change that can you see what's happening with carrie lake now <clears throat> carrie lakes in arizona she's a gorgeous woman uh make no mistake about it she's very attractive okay she's got problems i i'm not a fan of her i never watched her when i lived in phoenix uh, i found her to be quite unlikable not very real and sure enough, my gut, always trust your gut, folks. There she is posing with Obama, making donations to Obama, and the Republicans are trying to hit her. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Donald Trump endorsed her. What do you get when you uh, get an endorsement from Donald Trump? I think he's 141 and 8. Is that the record? He's <laughs> got a good record. You get good a good earned run 15, average. <laughs> you get a 10 to 15% jump. And you get what? You get low information voters. And you get people who literally worship at the altar of Donald Trump. Well, I don't care. Who's a Trump candidate? I'm voting for that guy or that gal. Well, whoever that is. They're going to do it every single time. And that's fine. Because the currency is there. 
And the longer we see Joe Biden in office, it just works. So Carrie Lake is likely going to be your gubernatorial candidate for the Republican Party. The internal polling is showing that kind of thing. And I'm glad that there's no polls coming out right now because there doesn't need to be any polls that come out right now because the polls can, I think, can only hurt things. And when you got the RGA paying attention to Michelle Lujan Grisham, this state now in Politico is a toss-up. I'm telling you, this is Mark Ronchetti's to lose. And so you keep just hammering away with stuff that's already been put out. That's it. That's all you do. And you put them in very, I love the, I still haven't watched the ad down, but maybe if you can shoot that one over to me, we'll play it uh, so we can hear that ad. And I'll play Mich- uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham's ads uh, as well. I want to hear what, yeah. what, what wins. It will be equal opportunity and just play them for uh, editorial commentary on this stuff. So I'm very, very, very optimistic at this point. But that doesn't mean I'm pulling back and saying, no, you got to show up. In fact, you know, if I was actually being serious, I'm not when I say this and I have to qualify this. I'd say go vote, vote, vote early and vote often. Right. Like that's an actual mantra of the Democrat Party. Vote early, vote often, re-register and on the same day and bring your dead grandparents, your dead grandparents to the polls. Because that's essentially what's happening right now because the voter rolls haven't been clean. Okay? On PBS this weekend, what did they feature? I, I can't even believe I'm acknowledging the fact that I'm paying attention to it, but I am. Okay, Did you have the uh, the woke panel over there at InFocus? They'll never let me there again. But that I brandished a gun. Did I tell you that they remember during the, they tried to say I brandished a gun over at... at, at uh, <laughs> like, my aunt used to run KNME. She literally was the head of KNME. Surely, she's a major Democrat. We don't talk obviously. But uh, long story short, they had none other than your Secretary of State talking about voter integrity and how we're preserving the vote. We spent $52 million on voting machines. To say that this is unfair is an understatement. What's the Republican Party doing? Well, you got Janice Arnold Jones and the Voter Integrity Group getting rid of the likes of uh, Dave and his wife from down south. Dave, what was the guy's name? The guy oh, Cle- Clements. David Clements, right? Who relocated here from South Carolina, ran for Senate. I think he ran as an independent or then ran as a Republican. Um, then I think got disbarred or whatever from down south. They, they kicked him out because they don't like his politics. And he was literally on the stage with the, the panels that were helping Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, um, uh, and, and talking about with Mike Lindell and all the rest of that group that were there, they were trying to, you know, coming out with the expose on, on the vote. That's, in my opinion, that's the only way we lose now. I'm going to make that call right now. That's the only way we lose is if there's some sort of shenanigans out there, because I think there's so much genuine hatred and dislike for not just Democrats and Joe Biden, but also Michelle, most importantly, Michelle Lujan Grisham here in the state. And I think that that's going to transcend all the way down. I don't think Republicans all the way down, wherever they're running, I think that should lose. They should just pick up on the momentum. They're like, well, I don't care. I just want to win. Like, oh, you want to sit here and split hairs and figure out who you want? Like, we'll even vote for Republicans with a hyphenated last name. In fact, one of them wrote me. <laughs> Did I tell you the hyphenated last name of the Republican? She wrote me, I want to let you know that I took my husband's name and whatever. I'm like, whatever. I think. You feel personally attacked? I said, I'll have Dowd look into it. Dowd, you should look into that can. I'm like, if you've got an R next to your name, we're pretty much voting for you. I don't know who we're not voting for. I mean, hell, we're even uh, uh, going with uh, Michelle Garcia Holmes. I mean, because I'm not going to vote for uh, Lonely Girl, that's for sure. I was even playing that music over. Here's uh, something. 
<clears throat> so the obese nurse has not yet graduated, works in the Curry County Jail, Eddie. Did they not want to film the commercial with MLG at the jail because she might feel the need to grab some of the prisoners? <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Guess this campaign would rather lie than get sued. Ooh. Driving down Paseo del Norte, it looks like the Texas is poaching our teachers. They're running ads on a billboard to come work in Texas, listing the salary range on the billboard. Smart. Smart. There you go. Um... This is a, a good text. Final one. Uh, Eddie, the Republican Party of Vermilion County is going to have a Michelle Garcia Holmes candidate put on a seminar with all the candidates running for New Mexico office. The seminar she's going to teach is how to market yourself for a winning campaign. <laughs> Boy, hopefully you bring in somebody else. Oh, I did tell you that her husband, Earl, is joining her on the venture. Surprise, surprise. It would be better if she just ran her own campaign instead of teaching other people. After all, the Texas Mexican women set is pretty high bar for the Hispanic women running for Congress. So, folks, there's the reality right there. We'll take one more break. Round up hour number two just for you right here from the ABQ. Thanks for listening here on AM 1600 KIBA, Go, 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 shorty, it's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up because that's your birthday. Oh, yeah. Little happy birthday. Literally, it's the guy's birthday. Come give me a hug. There it is. There it is. It's his birthday. Literally 50 cents birthday right now. It's unbelievable. There you go. He's actually singing about his own birthday. Go ahead. Go show it. It's your birthday. You would have known that had you been a subscriber at uh, rockoftalk.chat. Uh, he got... Uh, he got nine slugs in him. That ain't good. Uh, and that's before he you know, became famous and did all that. 47 years young today. Also on this day, dying uh, Charlie Daniels. <clears throat> Devil went down to Georgia. The devil's here in New Mexico. Uh, we talked about that uh, already. He died on this day two years ago. Um, and then, uh, what was that? Sue Sue Studio. Number one on this day, way back in, uh, what was it? 1985. Yeah. 85. Yeah. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, you didn't mention uh, my birthday today. Uh, you know, Sly. Uh, some people call me Sly. Uh, some people call me Stallion. Uh, I'm 76 today, Eddie. 76. 76, huh? Rocco. Hey, yo. <sighs> I'm sure you got a... What, what was his trainer's name? And uh, Mickey. Mickey, yeah, but uh, what was his... Does the actor had a name? I was... Lose it. I can't think of his name. He was great. Burgess, in, uh, Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. There. Yes. <laughs> rock. It's over. <laughs> you can't this guy's an animal rock. You can't beat him. <laughs> Bill Collins, number one on this day in uh, 85 was Susu Studio. The track was taken from his third solo album, No Jack Required. Also back in 1985, uh, Top Gun was number one. Now a billion dollar film. It might be the highest grossing film of all time. Um, that's, you guys, you guys love a little red, white, and blue. I think I think the temperature is perfect for this. How about, how about that? That's also very good. We'll get to uh, more of your text. I think it's been a, a pretty good show thus far. Love to get your feedback. My sister could care less, Eddie. She just thought she'd let you know that the women with hyphenated names aren't libtards. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we never try to insult anybody. We're just uh, we're just trying to give people little rules of thumb. That's it, you know. So that's what we're trying to do. So, I mean, if you care about something, you'll generally reach out to me and tell me about uh, what I should pay attention to. And I'm the guy that's going to be helping you across the finish line all the way, just like you guys helped me. So. <sighs> that obese nurse. Oh, that was something. So someone's seen that. Huge fire east side of Sandia right now, Dowd. So um, uh, Louis Sanchez, the Republican Louis Sanchez says, I just got four texts asking me if I was a Democrat. <laughs> we apologize. Talk about low information voting. Uh, so is. sorry. Isn't that bad? That's, that's really bad. All right. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. There is a gay Department of Energy exec. It's a top new Biden staffer. Have you have you seen this report? Is that the nuclear waste guy? That is the nuclear waste guy. Yeah, uh, new Biden staffer. Uh, underage gay prostitution website rated by the feds and jaw dropping 2015 article. Oh, that's right, folks. The National Pulse uh, revealed all this. <clears throat> National Pulse expose of appointee Samuel Brinton's past as a drag queen LGBTQ activist who has quote lectured on kink, whatever that is, at college campuses and participated in interviews about fetish role play. An article published on September 15th on the pro-LGBTQ website Advocate, Biden's latest top nuclear hire, dives into a defense of the quote-unquote rentboy.com end quote website, which shuttered following an August 2015 illegal prostitution raid. Rent boy is a colloquial term for young men who have sex with older men in exchange for money, often under dubious circumstances. Brinton, who now serves, yes, folks, get this, <clears throat> as the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy, defended, quote unquote, rentboy.com in a September 2nd, get ready, 2015 op ed. In Advocate Magazine. <clears throat> That's right, folks. In an op-ed, he came out ahead of this and defended Rent Boy. Now the shuttered magazine and website. The real ramifications of the Rent Boy raid. The article followed Department of Homeland Security officials raiding Rent Boy's Manhattan offices and arresting Chief Executive Jeffrey Hurrant and six employees on charges of promoting prostitution. The following year, the CEO of the site, which connected male prostitutes and escorts with potential clients, was indicted on a charge of promoting prostitution, which he ultimately pleaded guilty. The U.S. District Court of Eastern District of New York indictment also revealed in sites negligence regarding underage sex work, particularly across Asia. It detailed how Rempoy employees described the age verification process as, quote unquote, gray areas. They did not always remove advertisements when the advertisers failed to provide identification. It goes on and on and on and on. Not surprising. That is the uh, father of one Hunter Biden. <laughs> you know now what's on his laptop. We've been telling you for a very long time. The laptop turned in here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Long story short, uh, here's what you need to know. This is the type of behavior that's endorsed, rewarded, and uh, boy, really, really something. There you go. Dowd, uh, you're, 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 uh, <laughs> well, apparently the the defense uh, the defense was the federal government's recent attack on Rent Boy is a devastating assault on some of the most vulnerable members of our community, young adults who, for the first time in their lives, were able to earn a secure living safely through Rent Boy after surviving family rejection and homelessness because of their sexual orientation or gender 
identity. So this is again kind of turning things around uh, and and celebrating this kind of questionable lifestyle, uh, a subculture of young immature people, uh, as if it were a good thing, and as if your family were you know the evil ones. Um, and I'm not you know I'm sure there have been parents who are less than sensitive about their children's choices, but uh, you know that's the narrative they keep saying, Eddie, and I, I suspect it's very far from the truth. But uh, they live in their own world, a world of their own making, I guess. Mm, it really is. Uh, it's not just their own world. No, they want to invoke your world. Uh, I pulled my kids out of Boy Scouts because now woke scout leaders ban term like dinner ladies, man-made, and Christian names. Scout leaders have issued a new woke style guide banning children from using the terms falling on deaf ears, man-made, dinner ladies. Mail Online has learned. Children will also be prohibited from using quote-unquote maiden name and quote-unquote Christian name in a move to avoid causing offense to people of all genders, religions, races, to those who live with a disability. Instead, CODIS are told... <laughs> oh, falling on deaf ears. Now I finally understand. Okay. SCOTUS are told to use... Scouts, excuse me. I see scouts and I see SCOTUS for some reason. I've read SCOTUS so much. Scouts are told to use first name or given name instead of while previous name is preferred to quote-unquote maiden name or is in a outdated term. Also included school meal supervisors or school dinner assistants instead of dinner ladies. So there's the whole thing about... Uh, <sighs> Flight attendants versus what do they call them? I don't know what the other stewardesses are now. Flight attendants. Yes. Uh, no flight. Okay. The document adds that uh, scouts made up of children aged uh, ten to fourteen will now play quote broken telephone instead of traditional Chinese whispers. <laughs> and children are told not to use quote unquote down under to refer to Australia and New Zealand. It comes as scout associations already facing a backlash after introducing the trans fun badge members of the scouts for as young as four years of age there you go uh you know as a member of an oppressed class in this country that had a the name of a a penal vehicle named after them uh of course the origin of the term paddy wagon is when uh, the good you know true blue-blooded white people would come and haul away all the irish drunks in a big van uh, i will not endorse the scouts unless they remove the term paddy wagon paddy from wagon. their uh, yeah absolutely good one, good one. <laughs> we keep them honest you know. well we're on a roll might as well ride that in Ilan omar uh this weekend uh the democratic congressional representative from minnesota and the 5th District did not receive a warm welcome. In fact, uh, get the F out of here is what they were saying at the Target Center in Minneapolis during the Somali Independence Week. They have an entire week, in fact. Omar joined Sudan and others on stage in a chorus of boos from a largely Somali audience. Some people can also be heard shouting, go home. It lasted for one minute. And she said, okay, 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 we don't have all night, Omar said. There you go. She uh, was not very happy. Ilan Omar, there you go. Uh, doubt some some more woke going broke. Uh, the worst member of the U.S. House of Representatives by by far. America embraced her as a refugee, and all she does is badmouth the land that uh, welcomed her to uh, its bosom. Uh, if I went to another country, if I came from a hellhole country or a bleephole country, as our former former president uh, used to say. I would probably just be happy to be there, and I'd keep a pretty low profile. Uh, yeah. Ilhan Omar, not interested in keeping a low profile. I think she graduated from uh, one of the Dakota colleges, if I'm not mistaken, and married her brother, yeah, as you do. Uh, <clears throat> maybe really, really insist. Uh, cruise sequel that took 36 years to make. Uh, 
Maverick soars while Lightyear limps. As summer movie box office reflects the culture wars. Uh, get woke, going broke. Top Gun Maverick eclipsed the $1 billion mark. Lightyear spun from Pixar's popular toy story is limping along like a generic kitty tune. Closer look at the film's release, unavoidable truths about the marketplace. Audiences are rewarding the very maverick type of uh, production there in Top Gun. The throwback to another area. When Hollywood celebrated America's military might, a quest for excellence, it displays a diverse cast but doesn't lecture about gender inequities in the military-industrial complex. However, on the other side, in sharp contrast, it's a 2022 product in light year. The film focuses on cinematic story that inspired the Buzz Lightyear figure from four Toy Story films. It's a confusing way to extend the series, made worse by the dropping of the voice of Buzz for another star. Also included in that is Tim Allen's wise-cracking Lightyear giving way to Chris Evans of Avengers fame. And we all know about Chris Evans. We'll hit the top of the hour. Hour three, you and me, the doubt makes three. And your phone calls on am 600 in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. I am Eddie Erg on the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockofdocs.com, the wonderful, very beautiful Kate Nash, 35 years old today. If you don't know her, you should get to know her. She's a pretty good little indie rock uh, pixie princess, if you will, from the other side of the ocean. And uh, I I, uh, bring Kate Nash to the attention of uh, one D-Dowd Muska, because I think, Dowd, uh, this is kind of, I think, uh, kind of your flavor. Kate Nash, you want to take a look at her. I know you had uh, Jennifer Connolly. We just talked about um, uh, 
what what is it? Uh, Jennifer Connelly. She was in what's the movie? Ma- where she's Maverick. <laughs> yeah, Maverick. And she's a Maverick, the new one. She looked. Eddie, she was, what was the name of that song? I I'm I'm not I'm unaware of Found, Kate Nash. Foundations. Okay, yeah, it's a pretty good number two. She sounds sassy. Yeah, very sassy. <laughs> yes, that's the uh, you know. I think you need a fight, Dowd. Irish, you know. Uh, what was it? Uh, what Tom Cruise was in that movie with Nicole Kidman where they're... Uh, Shannon! Shannon! Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know he, he, he was actually was really very, very good. He was constantly fighting with Shannon. Other we'll open the phone lines, uh, 550-5500. Uh, text lines uh, as well. You want to drop in on this extravaganza of conversation? Uh, Eddie, I've got some late breaking sure. news. Uh, it's it's a day late, Please. but it's breaking for me. Remember okay. the old ad for uh, when in the summer reruns when NBC would have reruns? You know, it's new to you if you haven't seen it. You know, it's, it's not a rerun if you haven't seen it. Uh, Los Alamos National Laboratory, as of yesterday, both employees and visitors are required to wear face masks indoors regardless of vaccination status. Uh, notice had been given the previous week, uh, as well as masking while indoors. Employees and guests working outdoors within six feet of each other or riding in a vehicle with others have to face diaper up. Mm, good job. Those Operation. are our nuclear scientists. I'm, I'm starting to worry about our nuclear deterrent, if that's the case. Operation Toilet Paper back at it, uh, coming at the, the Chapter 2. More BS, and there's not enough toilet paper to wipe up the crap up in Los Alamos. Boy, am I glad we're not broadcasting to what really are these communists. Uh, let's make no mistake about it. These people are full-on commie. Uh, Oppenheimer, communist. I mean, the I was reading earlier today, like, they had two missions for Los Alamos. One was to protect, right? You know, bring all the Germans, crank their crank their brains so they can do it. There was 1600 of them. Oh, ironically enough, 1600 scientists uh, brought up. Crank their brains, right? So we could develop what we've developed up at Los Alamos. And then the second piece, of course, was to prevent that information from going any other place. <laughs> they had two missions, failure and success. So, uh Half one, one in one way, out the other. And, of course, uh, they have never escaped their uh, commune up on the top of Los Alamos. There's probably some of the strangest things that have probably happened up there. Uh, Oppenheimer, if I'm not mistaken, he had a, uh, he had <clears throat> a lot of experimental things that were done up there in Los Alamos. Let's just put it that way on a very social scale. Uh, I think he was sleeping with his secretary, um, but I think that was like the... <laughs> Probably the, the smallest part of it. That was Eddie, you know, there's a lot of exploratory uh, with each other up there. And I think that's what led to the hippie, hemis, commune developments that happened over the year. And I don't really think that people understand that. Um, you know, I mean, this is not on accident, folks. This is by design. Like these people were strange creatures. They're that smart. <laughs> they had no way of actually getting along with each other. They saw each other not as as like spiritual beings. They saw each other as like biological organisms that uh, thought of different ways of putting things together and that's what they did uh, i've lost count over the years eddie reading essays by conservatives libertarians who just and i i'm one of them i can't grasp why people who you know whatever you think about their lifestyle you know obviously people who are theoretical physicists people who are mathematicians some part of their brain is truly impressive i mean it's understanding and 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 uh, you know whether it's the experimental people or the theoretical people i mean 
you have to acknowledge that that in this if you can compartmentalize these people you can look at a part of them and say my god is that impressive but if you look at los alamos if you look at university towns uh the professional intellectuals boy do they embrace kind of kookiness on the social side and big government socialism on the policy side and there's all sorts of competing theories a lot of people you know kick around ideas i do think there's something to this notion that when you're that smart in chemistry or physics or mathematics or something like that um the notion of having to go out and serve the public the way entrepreneurs have to every day, the notion of you know creating a product or, or supplying a service to uh, the grand masses, uh, it's it seems like it's beneath it's beneath you, and and y- you exist on a higher plane. You don't want to mix with the hoi polloi. Uh, you have tremendous disdain for the, the everyday decisions of the, of the plebs, basically, and. Uh, a lot of power in our country, and I don't. You don't have to be a, li- a liberal to acknowledge this. I mean, if you're financially successful, you do have options that the poorer among us don't have. And there's this tremendous resentment that just an ordinary, you know, shopkeeper, you know, Sam Walton, or right. you know, some some dropout who can go on to Silicon Valley and invent an app or or do hardware and fair. I mean, Steve Jobs was a college dropout. He had one semester at I think Reed College, and he took. Reed, yep. co- Okay. calligraphy i think he took one course and in calligraphy right. yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. you know and so you as the great intellectual in your own mind if not an actual objective reality have a tremendous amount of of resentment and if you just look at the kind of you know platonic philosopher king technocracy uh, throughout time it's people like me who should rule because we're so wise we're so profound and uh, it, 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 the idea of a nation like america that uh, I think somebody in Europe one time denounced uh, Britain as a nation of shopkeepers. You know, uh, America, you know, a nation of, of hustlers and farmers and miners uh, and our own shopkeepers. The idea that they have individual autonomy, the idea that people can self-govern, people in small communities can come together and do the traditional New England town meeting uh, – that is anathema to you because you're a great man or woman, uh, and it's sad. It's it's sad to see this because on some level these truly are great people. They have great minds in their limited narrow sphere. But when it comes to respecting humanity, when it comes to learning the lessons of history, why you need to diffuse power, you need to reduce the coercive power of the state. These people are out to lunch. So let me read from this. Uh, and by the way, uh, hold your phone calls until we I will actually call for them. I'm sorry, I apologize for calling them so early. Three people called and hung up because they realized I wasn't going to pick up the phone. <clears throat> Wally Gordon wrote this back in December of 2013. This is coming from the New Mexico Mercury. I'm not sure if you're uh, how much you've read from them, uh, Dowd. Uh, New Mexico, I'm sure you've read it quite often, but how much? I don't know. The logic would seem irrefutable. Atomic age made modern New Mexico. Robert Oppenheimer was the man most responsible for making the atomic bomb. Three women in his life helped shape that man. These women are important for us today to understand. Oppenheimer, the elegant puzzle of a man. And this is all part of a book called The Atomic Love Story, The Extraordinary Women in Robert Oppenheimer's Life by Shirley Straczynski and Patricia Klaus. He was a brilliant nuclear physicist as a polymath who learned Sanskrit so he could read the Bhagavad Gita and the original, the first director of Los Alamos National Laboratory. He was literally brought here to establish it. Supervisor of the development of the first atomic bomb and finally the most prominent victim of the red-baiting witch hunt of the vicious Republican senator from Wisconsin, Joe McCarthy, who made much of the fact that Oppenheimer's wife and mistress were members of the Communist Party. They were. 
Oppenheimer is depicted in this book as a kind and cruel, efficient and shambolic, brilliant and short-sighted, loving and hateful, faithful and treacherous human being. A physicist who knew him well is Adore Isaac Rabi, a scientist of the great Muhammad Oppenheimer himself, said Oppenheimer was made of splinters of a man that was never able to integrate into a single personality. Women were nearly as complicated as he was. All were people of high attainments and great ambition. Especially notable in age when the world belonged to men, all were many layered and tortured. His wife, Kitty, frustrated botanist, had been married three times before Oppenheimer, wrote to a friend that she got him to get her pregnant so they would wed. They loved each other, remained together through the rest of their lives. Kitty, the authors say, was an enigma, bright, frustrated, capable of erratic kindness and frequent cruelties. She's the epitome of a life unfulfilled, likely BPD, uh, borderline personality disorder. And then uh, Oppenheimer's mistress, John Tatlock, a clinic of the press pavilion bisexual woman who he continued to see long after he was married. He was a medical doctor, depressed, uh, and a psychiatrist who died of the mysterious death. Uh, that's the big one. She, she, she literally is a psychiatrist, died a mysterious death, some of who close to her believe she was drugged and drowned by a federal agent. Most likely that was the case. Lieutenant Colonel Boris Pash, who followed Oppenheimer around, tapped his mistress' phones during the war, tried to deny Oppenheimer a security clearance, yearning for an imaginary lover before meeting Oppenheimer. The young Tatlock wrote, were he a fine man, he would make something out of it. Now, why is any of this important? <laughs> Think about who shaped culture. You know, I was running that KRSN uh, radio station up there. Okay, So it's literally, like, there's a whole heritage involved, one of the oldest radio stations, and then it went black. And we were trying to penetrate that market. We were trying to say, okay... And what we didn't realize is these people just didn't care about the things that you and I care about, like regular, normal things that people would, would care about, like the practical matters of things. Their heads are so in the clouds. Politically, they're lost to the degree that you can never reel them back in. They're dedicated, they're ideologues. They're dedicated to their virtues of what they've come up with and their ivory tower academia. And they never escape that. They never escape their own minds. They never escape their own environs. They never escape, I think, their own traditions that they come up with. And there is that. And I think that's probably the most pronounced and prominent part. And a couple of weeks ago, Dowd was talking about this. Um, and I nailed it when I told him about, you see these places, why don't they vote and have all these, the, the healthiest place in the entire country? It's this place, Los Alamos, and for this reason. And yet they don't want to share it. Folks, uh, this is what a cult looks like. And that cult of, of knowledge, that cult of, hey, we have all this knowledge and we don't want to share it uh, with people, is exactly what you have going on there. And I don't know that there's anything beyond the brilliance of their final product that we should actually get into because I think their society is so incredibly backwards that they know how to turn their shoulders, turn away. And this is what ultimately lead, leads to that white liberal guilt. They don't know how to deal with it. So the way of dealing with it is casting a vote for the other side, even though they live quite the other way. And secretly, they're all carrying on these secret lives with each other. And they have to atone for them in a certain way. How do they do that? They atone for it politically by voting for the other side. <laughs> because that's the only way that they know how to give some level of, quote unquote, penance back to them. I don't know if I could be any more exacting on this or any more... Um, solid on this, but I think people just need to understand that this is just a, what, a third, maybe fourth generation uh, push. I think we're about 80 years now, right? Since uh, yep. the Los Alamos. Yeah, we'd be 80 years, so that's fourth generation push. So if you look at that, Los Alamos, and what's actually developed up there, it's like, I can't really understand the silver hair ponytail crowd. I can't understand why there's this culture. You know, they have so much cash, and they could do all these things, and why it never sort of comes out of there. It's like, why well, you go to the other side of the Hemis, and it's this, like, weird, cryptic witchy 
you know, they're all into their stones. And, and then above there, you see the sort of lawless poverty that's underneath all of that. And it's in a, a captured society. And of course, I've been watching a hell of a lot of Stranger Things. I finally stopped. Um, just, But you have to understand that there's this, and let me put it this way, just there's this boundary that exists. And the boundaries are all these people here on this side. They have all the knowledge. They have all the power. They have all the experiment. And then there's this sort of other side over here on this side that they're the they're, they're experimented they don't know what's going on think of it as the terms of uh, plato's allegory of the cave go read that they only see the shadows of actually what's really happening and they never know the reality and people need to understand what that is culturally and how that impacts them and whatever you take away from that it's probably the right answer so don't, you know, try to uncover it any more than that. I'm giving you the elementals, you know, very being very abstract. If you take that away, then you'll be able to understand pretty much everything else of why these people are the way they are. And then you'll start to realize there's nothing you can do to change these people. They're happy being in their own protective bubble environment. Um, I don't know, whatever you want to call the, the area that's on top of the hill up there in Los Alamos. And there was no way that we or anybody else was going to be able to penetrate that. So you just have to be say, well, that's Los Alamos. That's where they developed the atomic bomb. And of course, they're going to be a little bit weird. And it's a bit Truman Show-esque, if you will. If, you will. if you've ever been up there, it's something uh, that you definitely want to see. So, um, well, Eddie, yeah. I, I, I think the, the other element of this that we haven't discussed so far today is uh, – the role we mere humans play in putting these people in, in, in positions of power and in bolstering their egos to the extent that we do. Uh, oh, people right. probably hear me Oppenheimer, right? every few months. I talk about the Gallup uh, trust in institutions survey. They just came out a couple days ago. I think it was, uh, it might've been yesterday, uh, right after the holiday in terms of Americans faith in institutions is continues to, to crater, crater, crater. Uh, who, who, do we have the most faith in? They, they look at, they, they, they ask the people, they survey thousands of people, what, do you have a great deal, quite a lot, uh, or a very little, or just a little uh, in, in faith in these institutions? Uh, small business continues to be tops at 68, but number two, tied for number two with the military, with the military, we're a very patriotic country and we try to do our best for the vets. Tied at number two is science. Number two, what's rock bottom? Congress, television news, uh, big business, newspapers. Uh, they're down in the 20s and even even teens, whereas science is in the 60s. Small business is, is almost at 70%. We put enormous faith in these people, and to some extent, that faith is warranted. When I get in a on a plane in six weeks, I'll, I'll, I'll have the jits, but I don't expect to die. Smart aerospace engineers figured out a way to put a couple hundred people on a 737 and get them safely to Las Vegas at 35,000 feet. I still don't know how that works. And I try not to think about it. Uh, people are alive today in their 70s, 80s, 90s who would have been dead 20, 30 years ago because of medical advancements. Uh, the kind of things, you know, they're messing around with at CERN over there in Europe at the subatomic oh, level. Awesome, yeah. um, you know, these people have done amazing things and, and 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 contributed to our lives in so many ways but i think what happens is their ideology the snake begins to eat its own tail because whether they believe in the platonic uh philosopher king world uh whether they believe that they should be the technocrats running things at some point ideology infects their mind and science gives way to the, the the cult of some people call it scientism. We saw scientism with Fauciism in our country for two years, and and I 
you know, Eddie and I, every day that passes, Eddie, you and I look awfully damn solid in terms of our initial skepticism. And more and more people are starting to come around and see the damage that was done to children, the damage that was done to socioeconomic conditions across the board. Uh, I wish people had listened to us back at the start because we actually knew what we, were, what we were talking about. But we have to stop. And, and if, you, if you aren't willing to do this, just think about how disastrous lockdowns were. We have to stop... Uh, 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 allowing these people to have these exalted positions in our in our world, in our society, in our country, simply because of their impressive scientific credentials. I take nothing away from their scientific credentials. I simply acknowledge that they are human beings prone to error. If you're religious, you think that's kind of original sin. If you're more of a Darwinian type, you, we people we try to study psychology, things like confirmation bias, um, and you know, very psychological problems. They're, at the end of the day, they're still human beings. We saw that with lockdown. People who were drunk on their own arrogance uh, embraced all kinds of nonsense. And, and so many of these people had PhDs. And I don't know how many times I would fight with people. I don't fight with people about Rona anymore because to me the you know matter is settled. But uh, oh, how how are you, D. Dowd Muska, with your impressive degree in political science? How can you compete with someone who's a PhD virologist? Uh, you know that. That credentialism and that surrendering of our of our wit, of our will and our, our ability to to ask tough questions and be skeptics to people simply because of their exalted position, uh, I think it's cost our country dearly. And in, you know, I could go down the list. There's it's cost us in many other ways too. I think the environmental movement is totally insane. But just li limiting it to coronavirus, uh, we've got a wonderful example in our lives right now of the damage that's that 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 surrendering. Our natural skepticism as Americans, our natural resistance to authority. Uh, uh, there's a great quote by a, a geologist in Arizona who says, the skeptics and artists all throughout the ages have always been a trouble, have been trouble to the establishment because we look up and we say, well, why do things have to be that way? Why can't they be this way? And um, people who uh, want uniformity uh, and don't want to have their power questioned, uh, they don't like people like me <laughs> who ask tough questions and say, well, does that really make sense? Or why don't we hash this out a little? And so we're culpable. Uh, we, we, we mere humans are culp culpable in giving people uh, at the university level, at Los Alamos, uh, you know, public health officials, you know, we've surrendered so much of our own uh, free will. Uh, we've surrendered much of our liberty to these people, and there's nothing wrong with asking questions. You don't have to have their academic credentials uh, to ask simple questions. And uh, we, like I said, we got a brutal lesson in 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 what not questioning authorities who are drunk on their own credentials, their own their own vision of what they see as the right path. Uh, we we paid a dear price the last two years for that. And, yeah, no uh, doubt about it. Uh, brutal. Let me, uh, play this. This is actually along those lines and actually from a local because we've been listening to the science. We're all destroying the earth. You know, we're all doing all these things. And let, let's take, take the science since we've already destroyed health. <laughs> uh, you know, on our own, uh, by the way. Uh, like the, it, and, and this has a lot to do with, like, you should come with an owner's manual for the human body. It's called your brain. Uh, that's all you needed. And, you know, the, the, the previous generation is always much smarter. Like my grandfather is smarter than my dad. My dad is smarter than me uh, because we were able to deal more. With, uh, so, and there's, remember, the cycle of four generations. There's, you know, basically spring, summer, fall, winter. Okay. And uh, right now um, we're in the fall. And I believe that my son will be going through the winter. But remember, that will spring up again every 80 years. 1920 gave birth to 1940. Uh, 1940, which my dad became the spring. 
Um, I became the summer, or excuse me, I became the fall. My dad was the summer. I think my my grandfather, greatest generation, was part of the spring and all of that. And I think that that cycle continues, and we there's there's no rhyme or reason uh, to any of this other than that it just is. Like you can't change like mere facts of this stuff. It's just the way that these cycles go. And no matter how much science or new things, new wrinkles you try to introduce to that, and what Don, uh, Dowd has been referring to with the CERN stuff, that's something to look into. Uh, we'll play um, Clyde Lewis two more nights tonight and tomorrow, and then back to the uh, old schedule. Uh, with both Dana Lash and Ben Shapiro, who I believe both are off this week. Um, but uh, we have the 50 years tomorrow, 7-7, seven, seven, uh, back in uh, 1947, if I'm not mistaken, uh, D. Muska. I think uh, we have, what are we, 50 years? Is that what it is since Roswell? Oh, well, uh, 75, I think. We're at, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, not bad there. <laughs> so it's 1947. So if you think about that, that's kind of incredible. And we're going to be covering 50 years. And why was it drawn to here? Because of energy. Look at the amount of energy that's being generated in CERN right now. So let me stop before we say too much and you're not able to follow me anymore. This uh, Tony Heller put together something pretty cool. I caught this. Thanks, Dowd, for sharing it. You would uh, have seen it already had you been a subscriber directly at rockoftalk.chat. Take a listen to this and the worst disinformation campaign in history. There you go. How about today? Oh, we got to we got to do. Hello, a this is Tony Heller from RealClimateScience.com. National Public Radio and the Smithsonian <clears throat> say that the Western U.S. is experiencing the worst drought in more than 1,200 years. And three weeks ago, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists said experts predict the Rio Grande will dry up completely all the way to Albuquerque. There's a lot of atomic scientists in New Mexico at Los Alamos National Labs and Sandia National Labs. I have a lot of interest in the Rio Grande because my favorite wild horses live near there. And I also grew up near the Rio Grande in New Mexico as well. So let's take a look at the United States Geologic Survey National Water Dashboard and see how the rivers are doing. Rio Grande below Elephant Butte Dam, New Mexico, discharging 1,730 cubic feet per second. That's normal for this day of the year. Rio Grande near Bosque, New Mexico, normal for this day of year. Rio Grande at Ambuto, New Mexico, normal for this day of year. Let's look at some other rivers in New Mexico. Rio Mora, all-time high for this day of year. Pecos River, much... Oh, <clears throat> what's going off in your head right now as he's saying this? Uh, I'm going to ask Dowd first, and uh, then you're welcome to go ahead and check in. Dowd, what's going off in your head? Like, like an alarm like you've never heard. <laughs> well, what's what's going off in my head is the piece that I'm going to be working on for ne next week using Tony Heller's research because he's such an impressive guy. Uh, I'm probably the wrong person to ask, Eddie, but we ha and I, as part of the research I've been doing the last couple of weeks, I've been I've been looking at the media coverage of the monsoonal rains that have been coming through. Boy, has there been minimal coverage of the monsoonal rains, and, and has there been minimal coverage of exactly what Tony's talking about water levels in the Rio Grande? A couple weeks ago, it was. Drought for all mankind for all eternity now, and and God bless Tony who grew up in New Mexico. Uh, I think he's up in Wyoming right now. He's a geologist. He's a trained scientist, uh, and to go and look at the raw data like he does from the U.S. Geological Survey on water flow in the Rio Grande, nobody is reporting this right now, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the only media outlet that I can find in the entire state of New Mexico who is telling you this information. And I think it should also be stated. 
that what we're talking about, the allegory of the cave, on both sides of this argument, okay, the scientists have all the information. You just heard him quote the atomic scientists. Everything's going to dry up. And he's literally going through, as a geologist, all the pieces. Now, what happened? Greatest drought, largest wildfire in the history. That must be was what responsible is because we're damaging the environment. But nobody's telling you about what Dowd was just referring to, which, of course, was the greatest monsoons that we have seen. The water levels at their highest in Mora, the highest water levels record Levels, right? They're talking about flooding. How did that all suddenly happen? Uh, remember what uh, uh, David uh, uh, talked about a couple of weeks ago when he was on the air? Uh, David Velasquez uh, from up north in Mora, which has been absolutely decimated. What were they talking about? They literally created this fire. They were digging the trenches so that the fire could advance in all those places. This was, again, by design, by design, and uh, we're going to finish this up with uh, Stansbury, so don't you worry, folks. Uh, it will be coming. Above normal. Gila River, all-time high for this day of year. What about Arizona? Gila River, all-time high for this day of year. Little Colorado River, all-time high for this day of year. Oak Creek near Sedona, Arizona, much above normal for this day of year. I used to live on a trailer about 10 feet away from Oak Creek, a few miles south of there. What about up near the Grand Canyon? Little Colorado River near Desert View, Arizona. All-time high for this day of year. The forecast through July 20th shows lots and lots of rain streaming up into the southwest. I've been visiting these horses for many years, and it looks to me like they're going to be okay. NPR is funded largely by Bill Gates, and they just move on from one climate scam to the next. So I'm not too worried about them either. They'll just pick up on a new disinformation campaign. The complete absence of checks and balances in the press allows them to spread any disinformation they feel like. The United Nations has been working for decades to convince the public that bad weather is caused by coal and oil, and good weather is caused by giant bird choppers like these ones. Last November, the United Nations announced the end of coal. But that didn't last too long. Coal is making a big comeback because people don't want to freeze to death during the winter. Without enough energy, a lot of people would die during the winter from the cold, and a lot of people would die during the summer from the heat. I'll be making a video later about the hottest July 4th in the United States in 1911, when thousands of people in New England died from the heat. And in Paris, 40,000 people died from the heat during that same summer. People need energy to survive, so we might wonder why NPR is engaged in this massive disinformation campaign against reliable, low-cost energy. Expensive energy doesn't hurt rich people like Bill Gates, but it's deadly for the poor. This was the front page of the New York Times on July 2, 1901. Heat's Holocaust in the Five Boroughs. Dozens of people were dying, and poor people from the tenement districts were forced to camp out in the streets at night. Toto realized 14 years ago that the massive propaganda campaign against reliable, low-cost energy was going to lead to the mess we're in now. You can visit Toto, Kyrie, Caesar, Toki, and Upla on the web at realclimatescience.com. All right, just your kind of guy, Dowd, and uh, just your kind of report, Kiva listeners. I think this is exactly what you guys needed to hear, because it is absolute and complete uh, junk science. Now, okay, so here we are. Your politicians, they're sort of the gatekeepers for this. They got the funds. They fund the scientists who have these weird, lavish lifestyles and do all this uh, sort of weird 
social um, handshaking. <clears throat> Whatever you want to go ahead and uh, characterize whatever they they do. The silver hair ponytail crowd up and they ham. We're going up to the hammock to the springs. We're gonna go hang out at the springs. Yeah. Oh, my my friend Blair's coming and <laughs> he's bringing her new boyfriend and uh, he has a new friend and some other friends that might meet up with us near Santa Fe between Los Alamos and right around the Hamish. What are they, they? They always called something else. Oh, We're gonna be exploring smart. our sexuality at the springs this weekend. Out in the out in the open. So, um, <clears throat> speaking of uh, that uh, very thing, let's. Uh, by the way, uh, I I gotta say we've never had this much attention on the radio station. So that's. Uh, I want to talk like Tony Heller. All right, let's uh, let's let's cut to it. Albuquerque's. There we go. Not Michelle Lujan Grisham, please vote for that person. All right, this is from yesterday. So that's what they use, right? And they're not. Crime rampant. What not? Last meeting with the guys, three of them are dead. Yeah. Yep. All right. Call here in the queue. Go ahead. Um, there hello? are two other hello, hello, hello. decisions that I think are really important hello, for hello. folks hey, to be aware of. Can you hear me? Last week, the court also uh, handed down a decision that undermines oh. um, many, many decades, if not hundreds of this years, of settled law around tribal sovereignty. And we're Ooh. working with our colleagues in the Senate to look for a legislative path forward oh, to reaffirm uh, tribal jurisdiction to prosecute crimes on tribal lands. And uh, also a, a ruling by the court that undermines the EPA's ability to <laughs> wow. cut That's carbon Melanie emissions, Stansbury, folks. which of course impacts our this ability to fight call. climate change. Jim, Jim um, climate, we are climate still change. working to try to get a reconciliation package passed out of the Senate this I year that are. will help to address climate change. Uh-huh, but please. we know really that it's urgent, and obviously this uh, Supreme Court decision was folks, a big blow um, to addressing our carbon emissions. So oh, we yes. all are working very hard Thank to you. understand carbon a path emissions. forward. But at the end Thank of the you, day, Melanie Stansberry. all of us, you know, are a part of this democracy, myself included, uh, democracy. not only as your representative, but also yeah. as an advocate for our communities. And I believe strongly we have to turn our anger and our frustration into action. And New Mexico is so fortunate to have an incredible set of leaders that wow. care deeply about our communities and are working at the legislative and governmental uh, role um, to help protect our communities' rights. And so we need to make sure that our voices yes. are heard in Congress, in the Senate, in our state legislatures, and of course at the ballot box. Yeah. So we've got a lot go. of work to do, and I just there want you, you all to know that You're I am here to serve our communities and to address your needs. Yep. And I'm looking forward to hearing from all of you tonight. And uh-huh. so I'm going to turn it back to Ebony, and we're going to open the phone line so that you can ask your questions, wow. and we'll do our best to answer them. Thanks, everyone. I'll stay on the phone line. I'll be going to open the phone Thank line. you, Congresswoman. For those of you just joining us, uh-huh. if you'd like to ask Congresswoman Melanie Stansbury a question, press star three. Again, that's star three to ask a question. The Access Live event operator has <laughs> I like been notified right that you wish to ask a I'm question. I'm like first in line. Bessie, you're live with Congresswoman Stansbury. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? So I have no idea how this whole situation works out. So uh, here's what, what's, what's basically happening right here is I have not a clue how her little conference call is working. Okay. So I'm at this point um, where I'm sort of like trying to figure out what's what's happening, what's going on. Am I on a phone call? Then she comes on. She's giving her blah, 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 her announcements. 
and I'm literally like queued in directly into her, you know, taxpayer funded uh, town hall that she's running. Okay. Now, mind everything that we've already talked about. Listen to this and then listen to this woman go. This woman was a PhD candidate, right? In environmental science. Is that correct? Uh, the, the initial degree was in home economics. Oh, the wow. second, the second degree, I think, is in sociology, and I forget what the PhD was going to be. But I don't think she didn't finish. She definitely didn't finish the PhD. Yeah, she can't follow through on anything, literally. Um, and she moved to DC not just for her job for a congresswoman, but to be next to her, be next to Daddy in Maryland. Okay, so uh, at this point. Just to give this context, this happened at the yes, yesterday. And remember, I don't screen phone calls, so I don't know. I'm like, oh, that's Melanie Stansberry. So we're going to jump right into this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, can we get to go ahead and feast right here and have an opportunity to go and check out uh, her CD1, uh, you know, uh, town hall, uh, if you will. Let's continue. And I think I'm on, but I'm not. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> I think I'm on with her. Coming back. Congresswoman uh, Stansberry, uh, we have 73 murders. Did you here. say Becky? Okay. <laughs> Bessie. <laughs> I think I'm Bessie. on. Okay. Sorry. I thought you said Becky. Um, I watched a You have already been placed into the question and answer queue. Damn it. I want to talk now. The queue, I want to ask Melanie Stansberry a question. Or two to cancel. Text me a number. Text me a question that you want to ask Melanie Stansberry. Let's see I'm talking go. to the audience. You have not been removed from the question queue. I always vote a Democrat, but I will be writing in Marianne Williamson in 2024. I will Ooh. not vote for another Democrat again because they have been doing nothing. <laughs> Marianne Williamson, because love, because love. I'm writing in Marianne Williamson. I'll never vote for another Democrat again because love. This is Betsy, the, thank you so much for your this. comment. Uh, <laughs> one, I, obviously, I, uh, I respect your feedback, yeah. and um, I know people are very frustrated and frightened. And oh, wait, wait till you hear this answer. Like, listen to the rigmarole as she's running through this. The woman, zero substance, all political chalk talk. This whole entire thing, and this, and I give commentary. I provide context and commentary all the way through. That right now. Um, it has been difficult Please to pick me, pick me, pick address me. <laughs> many of the issues that the American public overwhelmingly supports because uh, we do not have a true majority in the Senate. So right now the Senate is split 50-50, oh and in order to pass meaningful blah, blah, legislation, blah, we blah, have to blah, hit the 60-vote threshold, blah, and that blah, is blah, why blah. we were unable to pass many of the pieces of legislation that we care about this year, including on voting rights, the Roe versus Wade well, she would not get this from and many else. other issues. And the House of Representatives has me. been passing hundreds of bills over the last queue? year, but unfortunately, those bills make it over the Senate and they're that stuck there. Are gone. I understand the frustration. I feel the yes. frustration every single really day. I can tell all of you that <sighs> myself and other members of the House do everything we can to push the Senate as far as we can. Mm. On the week we came back into session after wow. the Supreme Court decision was leaked, m members of the House and I even went to the Senate floor to... By the way, it should be stated that uh, at this point, Dowd, uh, I believe, are we still looking for who leaked it? 
That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a demigod, would that? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> like, like they're setting fires to the, we'll, we'll cover the Georgia Guidestones. Like the, the Democrats literally went over there and destroyed their own Guidestones to say that Republicans destroyed it. Uh, and and the same thing with the leak. They did the leaking. There's no doubt about it because the Republicans are going to go and leak that stuff. They're like, oh, oh. Uh, who would I leak it from? No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, let's continue. Um, protest the Senate's um, uh, debate of that bill. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we can only take the process as far as we can take it in the House. And oh so I take your frustration. I understand it. And we will keep fighting and pushing the Senate as hard as Whatever. we can. I know many people's question is, because well, what democracy. do we do next? And that is why this upcoming election is so important democracy whatever is on your heart and mind to make sure that you know we have representatives in both the house and the senate who really reflect the values of our communities so i appreciate the feedback and back to you valueless community thank you congresswoman (laughs) to ask congresswoman stansbury a question press star three on your phone again you have already been placed into the question let me talk if you wish to be removed from the no i don't i'm in press one to confirm or two to <clears throat> cancel. Come on, take me, pick me, pick me. Hello? Come on, let's go. You have not been removed from right. the question queue. Right in there. And, um, to say that if you weren't a congresswoman, you should definitely run for Miss America. Because I think you're a, a real attractive person. And hey, what's up, bro? I'm getting stoned so, over here. You're so kind of a hot say, redhead. I kind of like the don't white worry girls. About the no. I got them under control. I'll be the community's babysitter. You got something in store for us. Wow. She's getting people to hit on her on her community call. Thank Thank you for that comment. Thank you. She Um, doesn't fly that way, bro. Where's your radar? The question was about getting youth involved. And since others might be interested in that question, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer that question as well. But appreciate the comment. So the question was, how do we get more youth involved? And one of the things that we've been trying to do through our office is I really see, you know, a congressional office is not just there to represent the people in Congress, but it's also there to be closer to my parents who live in Maryland. And it's also a place to train our future leaders. Uh And so we call our office an incubator for future leaders uh, in New Mexico. You call it an incubator, but you kill babies. It runs on a trimester wow. and trimester. we, also, um, we are actually accepting applications for interns for the fall. <laughs> so, funny. so if there's any young you people, you use the word trimester and incubator, but you murder babies in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, we are taking intern uh, applications wow. for the fall Remember right now. Remember what I was just telling you guys? I was just literally telling you guys about how she... Um, Hello? Hello. Can I have your first and last name, please? Yeah, it's Eddie Aragon. <laughs> I don't even where are you from? <laughs> Albuquerque, New Mexico, 12th generation. Hey, what's up, bro? Nice. Okay. What is your question? Uh, it's a two-part question. Uh, interesting use of the incubator and trimester uh, there, Melanie. Congresswoman Stansberry. The two-part question. I think I'm asking 73 her. murders in Albuquerque. How are you addressing that, and why does New Mexico now become a safe haven moving an abortion clinic from Mississippi all the way here to New Mexico. Okay. Uh, okay, hold on. Sorry. So 73 murders in Albuquerque. That's correct. Yeah. Two over the weekend. And, and we are at 71 over the weekend. I'd like for her to address what she's doing federally to reduce crime here 
So at this point, I still don't know, Dow, that I'm talking to the screener. I think that I'm talking to the person who's like the curator. I think I'm speaking to Ebony. Does that make sense? Ebony. Okay. Yeah. Well, Ebony, that was literally the woman's name that's hosting. It's, I, I don't know. Ebony. I don't know why it's Ebony, but there it is. In the city of Albuquerque, what resources can she bring? She's typing the How question to Tim Keller combat crime She's here in the city of Albuquerque. She's typing the question we are going to hit another record here it. third year in a row. Now listen to this. Watch this. Watch. Okay. Control. There, did you have another one? You said two-part question. So the it was about... Yeah, uh, we, you're, we're now at Safe Haven for abortions here oh, in the, yeah. the state of New Mexico. And I know where she stands mm -hmm. on that, but you know the irony isn't lost upon us here. Uh, given the number of murders that we have here. And then, of course, you know, on top of that, this whole thing with becoming a safe haven, move, moving a abortion clinic from Mississippi to the state of New Mexico. Okay. You know what I should have asked her, Dad? You know what would have been really smart for me to ask her? Would you believe in your mother's right to choose when she was pregnant for you? It's a, it's the it's the fail safe question you go to every single time. She was born after Roe v. Wade, so it it, yeah. it it applies to her life. Yeah. Yeah. Would you would you would you be in favor of your mom's right to choose while you were pregnant, knowing what you do now? Like that's all I would have to say. And I'm like, when you were like, a clump of like, cells, back when you were a clump of cells in the late right. 70s, had your mother uh, exercised her right to choose, would you have been comfortable with that? Like you win every single time. I hate to do it. It's like if someone brings you an abortion argument, I'm just like, here you go. Just I'll drop that bomb and just try to deal with that while you're at it. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's watch them screen me out. Watch this. At this point, I just realized that, oh, I'm never going to get to talk to her. Perfect. Um... She's typing away. Okay, Eddie, I'm going to go ahead and put you back into the conversation. If you hear your name, oh. she'll take you live on the Oh, I thought I was addressing her right now. Oh, everybody. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> are, are, are people allowed to hit on her during her I mean, that was disgusting. Was, it, was that no. ridiculous? I mean, what about decorum? Oh Is there God. any sort of decorum allowed in here? I mean, to actually hit on a congresswoman via phone line, that was, that was gross. Wow, I did not hear. See, I'm in the screening room, so I can't even screening hear this conversation happening. That is incredible. You wow. heard that? You didn't hear that? No. Yeah, the I, previous I guy, uh, Beto from the South Valley, wanted to become, uh, wanted to hook up with her, and he said that he would babysit her kids. Oh my gosh. That's, oh, who, that's who you let through. But, uh, and uh, what I didn't, uh, what I would have added, I said, but I, I would have said, well, she's a spinster now. She's too old to have kids. <laughs> I would have. I would have just dropped that right there. Old maid. You know that I would have said that. <laughs> yes, yes, you would have. I had the wherewithal. But this woman was actually very nice to me on the phone, so I don't want to have her subject her to that. She was polite. Yeah. Once you put my once you put my question in front of them, it will not You'll get stick to your question. <laughs> they they won't let it through. They're not gonna let me in, guaranteed. They already know who I am. Oh, Oh, they do. Oh, okay. Well, Eddie, I'm trying. All I can do is put your name, your question. What's and... your name, sweetheart? Uh, my What's your name, Jamie. Sugar Lips? Jamie. Thank you so much. Do your best. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. Gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we'll do this. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes when you get these people in here, they ask, and then I have no idea what they actually say live. So. Oh, well, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm, that's exactly what I'm going to ask her unless, you know, perfect. I get something else. 
Okay, Eddie. Well, you take care and good luck. Well, can I stay on? Yeah, I'm going to put you back in the oh, conversation. Okay. okay. So you're, you're right. still in the queue for your question. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. She didn't the dump idea me. of changing the way the court is constructed. Oh, but right now there's climate, not a consensus on climate what that would look like. So, with 13 uh, justices, you I know, know exactly you were what it would look like. cheek <laughs> and saying it was a simple question, but uh, I think that there's more thinking, activism, and political building that has to be done before oh, we come to activism. a clear That's consensus what we need. More on protests, what changes to the court might be warranted. <sighs> but it's, it's a really important question for the future of our democracy. So I really Stop appreciate talking about democracy. It. Ebony, back to you. Ebony. Thank you, Congresswoman. Great question, Donald. Please press star three on your phone to ask Congresswoman Sandray a question. Again, that's star three on your phone. Next, we have Vicki from Albuquerque on the line. Oh, not Vicky, Eddie from us? Albuquerque. <laughs> I am. I am. Thank you so much for oh, taking my call. So much. <sighs> yeah. Um, the, I, I understand mm-hmm. focusing on the youth. And, and I appreciate that because I was one at one time. Oh, look at you. You I, grew up, uh, were, you a, were you also a fetus at one point? <laughs> I'm 55 right now. Oh, and you don't sound I, The number of people that I hear that have just said they've checked out, like like you had a previous caller that said <laughs> that she's just not voting Democrat. And I get it. I, I, I think at one point there was Ross Perot that split the party. But but now I think the time to focus on the youth is great, but there are so many older voters that are just I wanna I wanna find out how that I can make a difference to to bring us, you know, to the party. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna find out what I what can I do? Can I hold a fundraiser? Uh I don't know. Ham sandwiches. Thank you so much, Vicky. Coffee, Sorry, I had trouble finding the mute donuts. button here. Um, you know, it's, can't find uh, the mute, mute button. But I'm going to tell you what to do. On youth, and the previous question <laughs> is because it was specifically what had been teed up as a question to be asked um, by that caller. But um, you know, we're doing this call in oh. our official capacity oh. as a congresswoman using our congressional oh. resources. So we're going to focus primarily on the policy work that we're doing as opposed to oh. um, the electoral side and of the equation. Aragon, which happens, get off the radio. Um, you know, more. Uh, you campaign work but one party state is also heavily focused on issues that include you know engaging people of all ages making sure that we are caring for people at all stages of life and addressing their needs at all stages of life i think that there Uh, is a high level of frustration right now because we're coming Uh, out of a two-year pandemic economy is terribly disrupted right now many of us have you know, fatigue from working in hybrid and remote environments. Of course, people have been transitioning oh, in fatigue. and out of the workforce. And so I think there's just a very high level of frustration and anxiety yeah. in general, um, not just in the United States, but all over the world. And it's, I think, manifest, especially in politics right now, because there was you know, a lot of hope that in a transition in our government that we would see a major betterment of our lives. And I think it's important to, you know, put things in perspective that 
over the last year and a half, you know, we have come out of, for the most part, obviously, we still have high COVID cases, but a less virulent set of strains right now. But we really are still struggling to recover from the global disruptions of this pandemic. And, um, and you know, we as lawmakers, as leaders, are doing the best that we can to mitigate those impacts and to support our communities by passing legislation, by providing supports like what was included in the American Recovery Plan, in the infrastructure bill, and these other bills that we've passed, the president's budget. And I think by and large, those supports have helped people get through this very difficult uh, time. That was, uh, there you go, sweet justice. Uh, maybe you won't be having those uh, little conference calls uh, any longer and just calling random people to uh, become a part of them and join your little shindigs uh, there, D-Dowd Muska. Hopefully I uh, handled that uh, to make you proud, sir. Uh, chef's kiss. Uh, I do think between the two of us, Eddie, if whether it's the the, the uh, fly-in open house at the uh, spaceport or future uh, call-in calls from our congressional uh, representative, uh, between the two of us, we may just destroy all events in New Mexico. I, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, in, but the last thing, folks, the last thing, very quickly, a major betterment of our lives. We all were hoping for a major benefit uh, betterment of our lives that that was their cult get rid of evil orange man everything's fixed everything's not fixed in fact most things are worse and they can't process cognitive dissonance they can't process that well i think uh today was a fine show uh no doubt uh, of course uh dealt even better by an even uh just as fine even finer uh daily blast that came out this morning our readers have selected the uh best of the best and uh, they have chosen their top five. Drum roll, please. And we have our drum roll for our top five brought to you every morning at 4 a.m. Deed out. Yeah, folks, you can get this yourself, and you can become part of the voting public. Uh, Rockoftalk.chat, our most clicked item was Teen House Party in Albuquerque Leaves One Dead and Two Wounded. Something Lonely Girl probably doesn't know, know about or care about. Uh, number two, Roe v. Wade supporters uh, turn out in Grant County down in Silver City. One of them, uh, who, who said that we worked so hard to get Roe v. Wade, quote, Past, close quote, you don't pass a Supreme Court decision. Uh, she's a substitute teacher at the local government school. What, what a shock. Uh, number three, great essay. Your sexuality doesn't make you special. Wonderful essay at closing out Pride Month in the UK. Uh, number four, Albuquerque man sentenced for sex trafficking. The feds put him away. And number five, our own beloved uh, uh, global climate change expert, Lonely Girl, would not like this. Uh, we live during the coldest period of the last 10,000 years, according to the ice core samples from a specialist over in Europe. There you go. See you, Dad. I'll see you tomorrow at 4. We'll see everybody else at 4 tomorrow as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Right here on AM1600 KIVA, abq.fm, rockoftalk.com. This is that ice cold Michelle fight for that white gold. This one for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. Styling, violent, living it up in the city. Got chucks on with Saint Laurent, gotta kiss myself, I'm so pretty. I'm too hot. Call the police and the fireman, I'm too hot. Make a dragon wanna retire, man. I'm too hot. Say my name, you know who I am. I'm too hot. And my band bought that money. Break it down. Girls hit you, hallelujah. Girls hit you, hallelujah. Girls hit you, hallelujah. Cause uptown punk don't give it to you. Cause uptown punk don't give it to you. Cause uptown punk don't give it to you. Saturday night and we in the spot. 
AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. 